you know, 20, 25 years I've been wanting to come out the asshole of a rhino. At least. Exit the anus. Greetings, listeners. Welcome on into the Nostalgia Pit, a podcast aiming to dissect pop culture, subconscious, and other psychological phenomena through a hyperbolic and prismatic lens. Hosted by Rob Snow and Colin Cassard, mixed by Alex Riddle, and songs produced by Golden Beats, The Nostalgia Pit is available anywhere you find your podcasts. We got a hell of an episode for you today. Welcoming back in our resident spleen, Kevin, aka Mad Shroom MC, we decided to go over some good old-fashioned forgotten history. Have you ever wondered why there's never a customer in any Long John Silver's fast food restaurants? Well, the reason is they're trash, but we may have discovered why they managed to stay open for so long. We also talk the world's most famous flatulists, job scams, and drugs. Rob also gives us one of his patented reviews. This time, he's breaking down the 2023 horror sci-fi film, Infinity Pool. And yes, there are spoilers. So if you're concerned about seeing this movie and don't want any details revealed, press skip once you hear the Rob's review sounder. And a very special thank you to Drinks with Ron from the Half-Assed Podcast Network for our commercials today. Make sure you check him out on the Outsiders Social Club, Dynasty Road Trip, and a plethora of other podcasts he hosts and produces. And make sure to stay tuned till the end where we have Matchroom's newest single, The Mana from Heaven. At this time, we want to thank our sponsors, Strange Loop Animation, brand new visual arts company specializing in 2D animation. The founders of Strange Loop have been supporters of the show since day one. And as they are supporters of our show, we are supporters of their art. So make sure you check them out on Instagram at Strange Loop Animation, all one word. And if you enjoy what we're doing here on The Pit and would like to support us further, please check us out at patreon.com slash the nostalgia pit, or you can go to our brand new Etsy shop. Yes, we have merchandise from The Pit. We got some great images, uh, some great artwork. Uh, Shout out to Wisdom, uh, the Seattle legend, DJ, producer, rapper, artist, extraordinaire for giving us the artwork and allowing us to begin our store. We will have a link in the description. You can go ahead and check it out at etsy.com slash shop slash the nostalgia pit. We got some t-shirts, we got a bath mat, we got some hats, coffee cups, and a plethora of other items. So make sure you check that out if you want to support us. And yeah, thanks for tuning in. We love you guys here at the pit. We love our fans. Alrighty then, let's get into it. Flatulists and the Cornbread Mafia. Yes. So did you see uh did you see the Oppenheim? No, I did not. <clears throat> nope. Nope. Wait. Nope. Did you see did you see Barbie? I didn't participate in the Barbieheimer. Barbenheimer. Barben, Barbenheimer. Yeah. Debacle. 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 Yeah. Debacle. Oh, there we go. Input one. Oh, wow. Here we Number go. Number one. It's getting recorded. 
<laughs> there we go. Yeah! Yeah! Testing levels. Okay, sorry. I'm ready. Wow. The Barbenheimer debacle is not something I have... Spectacle uh, is not something I've been participating in. I no. do want to see both of them, though. I'll say that. I do as well. I saw one. And I'll probably see the other, but... I'm at this point where, you know, don't know if I want to support Hollywood. I hear that. But the problem is that, you know, I want to be a writer and I wanted to write for Hollywood theoretically. And so by me boycotting it, I'm boycotting all of the writers. Right. So rock in a hard place. Yeah. Uh, what is your main beef with Hollywood? What, what's, what is leading to this decision? I mean... Everything. But I mean, like the Netflix dude saying that, yeah, I hope these people become homeless. And that's the plan. Oh, yeah. And Bob Iger. And Bob Iger, you know, too. in his billionaire ranch in yep. Idaho and just being like, what they're saying is unreasonable. It's not. It's unrealistic for them to want to get paid enough money to live. Yeah. And I think it was uh, Alex O'Keefe, one of the writers on The Bear. He He put it really, really poignantly. He was on like CNN or something talking about it. And he's just like, it's crazy that like, these people get to decide what realistic means. Yeah. You know what I right. mean? And just like parsing the definition of that. And so it was, uh, it was fun. It was fun. But yeah, so now I'm at this point where it's just like, okay, do I pay $15 to see a movie? Do I pay, um, you know, 60 bucks a month for all of the, the streaming services, you know, after they're combined? Right. And the content quality is going down. You know, I could just pay for YouTube and then be able to watch things without commercials. And then also YouTube has a bunch of free movies right. on it. But then again... Like Elvira, the movie. Yeah, or Unsolved Mysteries. Like Seven Seasons oh, is free shit. on YouTube. Yeah, oh, that's dope. Or Antiques Roadshow. Or, <laughs> I mean, I just watched Almost Heroes and uh, Godzilla, <laughs> both on, on there. Now, let me tell you, Godzilla, I loved that movie when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah. Awful movie. Yeah, terrible. Awful yeah. movie. Truly awful. Yeah. Roland Emmerich is not a great... Well, it's hard to tell. It's hard because the thing about it is, as you learn about what these roles are and what they entail, it's like being a director is a very fucking hard job. Like, not everybody could just roll in there and just be a director and make a good film. Roll into there. Oh, shit! But... Some people are able to go in and make competent directorial choices and end up with a not great product, you know? I don't know. It's it's a real fucking crapshoot. Yep. Speaking of Nolan, <laughs> Christopher Nolan, Nolan Emmerich. Nolan uh, Emmerich. You know, Christopher Nolan fucking doesn't miss, in my opinion. I mean, he's his direct directorial decisions are A+, plus, like 100% of the time. Well, Roland Emmerich only works in very specific contexts. Christopher Nolan, um, he swings for the fences, so I will give him that. Tenant, I don't know if that was a hit. You know what I mean? It might have well, it might, it been like he swung for the fences, hit the ball a little too high, died on the warning track, <laughs> to give the ba baseball analogy. But like, I mean, it might be great, but it's just too complex to like, you have to dedicate like nine hours <laughs> to like watching it and understanding it and pars parsing it and catching everything. Oppenheimer 
seemed like it was really good in a lot of elements. And also at the same time, there were just a couple choices where I was like, huh? Yeah. Excuse me? Like, why? Interesting. Like, so there was a moment, all I can, I won't, without any spoilers, there was a moment where Celine and I looked at each other and were like, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> okay. Like, it just took this intense, <laughs> intense surrealist turn. Interesting. For one scene. The movie is not surrealist, really, in any sense. I mean, maybe, I guess, if I were to watch it a second time and I could pull out some more shit. But, like, this one scene was just very confusing. And I was just like, Selena and I were both in the theater. And, like, Selena is very good at suspending her disbelief. Yeah. I am very bad at it. Like, I will within, <laughs> okay. with, I will watch a movie and within 10 minutes, I'm like, oh, my God, are they going to do what I think they're going to do? And it's just like, I can't help but project for, you know, mm. steps in the future. Like, when we watched Triangle of Sadness, that was the one, right? The the one with the boat, Woody Harrelson? Is that, that the one I'm thinking of? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't see that one. I think so. Yeah, it is. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's the movie. So Triangle of Sadness, um, you know, I was told it was like one of the best movies of the year last year when it came out. And then I watched it, and within five to ten minutes, I was like, if they're doing what I think that they were just doing with this <laughs> metaphor that was very subtle to some people, but not to me, then I think this is going to be one of the worst movies I've ever watched. And of course, <laughs> they, they continued with that. That was the metaphor for the movie. And it was just like, you know, they're, they're sitting the triangle, there. The triangle was the metaphor? No, it was a fly buzzing. <laughs> okay, okay. So well, it, don't yeah. spoil it. I haven't seen it. All, yeah, all I can say is that, you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's one of those movies, so you'll probably watch it and you'll be like, this is a really fucking good movie. And there are mm -hmm. elements of it that I think are really good. I mean, the cinematography is yeah. next to perfect. The casting is, it, it didn't really have any complaints about the casting. The acting, I think, is actually really well done. Mm -hmm. But it was just editing and, uh, well, maybe just sound design and a couple editing choices that it, it, like kind of took away from it. Hmm. And that just shows like the power of, you know, movies are, are this symbiotic relationship between so many moving parts and it's kind of like the human body where it's like if anything fucks up it's fucked up right and throws so, everything out of alignment yeah yeah exactly and so uh roland emmerich i i you know we just did a podcast for the outsider social club on the 1998 movies oh right may or may not come out by the time this is out but i will um say one of my hot takes and i don't know if it's a hot take but I don't think that there is a director that has had as big of a hit followed by as big of a flop right. as Roland Emmerich, where you have yeah. Independence Day, which is arguably the biggest summer movie of all time. <laughs> you think so? I mean, with the marketing, the buzz, like it's definitely the biggest of the 90s. I'm not saying it made the most money. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? But it's just like everything about the, like those movie posters were in movie theaters two years, I feel like two years before the movie <laughs> came out. So everyone was just like, oh shit, what is this thing? You know, it's just like ID4. And that was all it was. It was just right, a fucking right. close up of the ship and it just said <laughs> ID4. And you were like, well, <laughs> yeah. what is this? You know what I mean? And so the buzz built. I just remember the buzz built and that movie hit. I mean, you got one of the best presidential speeches. You yeah, got Dennis yeah. Quaid. You <laughs> got you great. got Jeff Goldblum. You got Will Smith. You know, like everyone crushes it. Just ab you know, it might be a military glorification movie. Oh yeah, which, which I think all of Roland Emmerich's films might be. Possibly. And, and then Godzilla. I mean, it made over three hundred million dollars, but it's just Damn. like damn, and like ninety eight. Holy shit. Yeah. And I liked the reimagining of Godzilla a little bit. You know what I mean? I liked the way they redesigned it. It looked cool. It wasn't really Godzilla, but, you know, I mean, it looked cool. It was a giant velociraptor. 
It, yeah, exactly. The right. movie devolved yeah. into just straight up a ripoff of Jurassic Park. Like there were for some, mm. some scene for scene shots where I was oh, like, really? is he trying to pay homage or is did he see Jurassic Park? Like, yeah, what is happening here? Sel- Selena like came in towards the end and she was just like, they did that in Jurassic Park, and I was like, I know. <laughs> It's just like they they kill Godzilla, and then all of a sudden, fucking all of these velociraptors just start hatching. And I don't remember oh, that. Dude, dude, the end of the movie is. What? Just, I don't remember that the, at all. Dude, the last 40 minutes are really, really bad. Wow, dude. The only thing I remember about Godzilla is a lot of rain. Yep. And so much rain. So much fucking rain. So much rain. <laughs> and then, like, Godzilla, like, in the rain. You know, yep. screaming and like is all sleek and shiny, and uh, and I remember Matthew Broderick being a fucking cheese dick, and just being a complete cardboard potato. <laughs> potato, There's no personality at all. Is there like that's that's a good question? Are there like what actor can be like really fucking good and really bad simultaneously? Yeah, like, yeah. and I'm not I don't mean in the same movie because I don't think he was good at all in Godzilla, but I mean. <laughs> He did really good in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He does really yeah, good. Yeah, or the producers. The, he was, was pretty say, good, I think. The producers. Um, from what I remember. Is that all? Well, Inspector Gadget, you know. Um, was that good? <laughs> no. Uh, oh, it was so fucking terrible. I mean, Godzilla, they ma- they managed to make, um, whatchamacallit, Hank Azaria not funny. Right. Oh, he was good in The Cable Guy, though. I'll tell you that. Anyway. Oh, yeah. See, yeah. Not Hank Azaria. Matthew Broderick. Yeah. <laughs> He's really good in that. And I mean, I remember him being good in Election, but I also haven't, oh, yeah, seen, Election. haven't seen that since. That's uh, probably such a pro- problematic movie, but I loved that movie when I was like 12. Yeah. yeah. I watched it like probably seven times. It was just amazing. <laughs> That's another movie that was super problematic that came out in 98. Um, not saying that Godzilla was, but uh, uh, do, you, do you remember Bullworth? I remember the premise kind of. It's something to do with like a college professor or something. No, he was a politician. Oh yeah, that's right. That uh, was trying to connect with black people, I guess. And so he was like being hip hop oh, and like yeah. it was yeah. written, directed, and starring Warren Beatty, and it killed his career. Uh, well, good, you know. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Him. If I recall correctly, he says the N word in it. Um, oh no! What the hell, man? Yeah, the only really re- reason that I remembered it was because it had that uh, song "Ghetto Superstar" on the soundtrack, mm. and that song mm-hmm. was everywhere. And I also said this in the podcast: that song was trash. Oh, I disagree. It's trash. It's the best version of "Islands in the Stream." <laughs> it's great. Uh, what's Ghetto Island? Superstar? That is what you are. It's based on Islands in the Stream. Islands in the Stream. See, that's a thing that hip-hop would always do, where you'd think that it's an original song, and then you're like, wait, this song was done 20 years ago, or 10 yeah. years ago, or something like that. I think like it was that. Dolly Parton and Michael McDonald. <laughs> what? Islands in the Stream. I think, yeah. All right, hold on. We're pulling this up for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, Kenny Rogers, my bad. Dolly ah. Parton and Kenny Rogers. See, yeah. now, all right, hold on. <laughs> Isn't that fucking weird, bro? This is amazing. I didn't know this. See, this is this. I'm glad I brought this up then for this reason. Islands in the stream. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Maybe when I met you, there was peace I knew. I set out to get you with a fine earth. Oh, I was so 
does sound a little like Michael, though. No, they, yeah, and they look similar, kind of, with the beard. They look <laughs> you do something to me that I can't explain. Hold me closer and I feel no pain. Every beat of my heart, we got something going on. Waiting. Tender love is blind. It After this bridge, bro. After the bridge. Oh, of course. that huh uh, i'm i'm inclined to say that's better wow uh, that's that's a hot fucking take man next okay. thing you're gonna say the sting version no of... <laughs> what you, you mean the puff, the puff daddy version you mean it <laughs> no next thing you're gonna say the sting version of that song is better but oh, the puff sting? daddy version is clearly superior well that one is yeah Sting. okay Sting is trash. <laughs> Sting would have benefit Sting, and when I say he's trash, I mean his songwriting ability is fucking amazing. He's arguably one of the greatest songwriters of his generation. Like the complexity of of some of the things that they were doing with the police is crazy, right? I think that they would have benefited so much if Sting didn't sing. Interesting. Who would have sang? Uh, anyone else? His voice is trash, man. I just <laughs> but pretty much, I I don't know. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Ghetto Superstar is a great song, but at the same time, like I liked Maya. Yeah, and ODB and Method Man on that bitch, it's great. Well, Method Man wasn't on it. Oh, was he not? I'm no, it was honest. ODB and Praz is the the Praz from the Fugees. Oh, really? Oh, shit. And Praz is not good. His solo career wasn't <laughs> yeah, good. He's not good. He was always the weakest link in the Fugees. It was like <laughs> Lauren, Wyclef, and this dude. And I mean, it was cool, but yeah, Praz. Well, what are you gonna do? Yep, and that <laughs> song went like good. platinum. It was fucking huge, dude. Was he was super large overplayed. On that shit. Yeah. Now we'll get this guy's opinion on it. Oh shit! Oh shit! Kevin, wh what do you think of uh, <laughs> what's what's your take on Ghetto Superstar? The song. Tell, tell us right now. You think it's a trash or a good song? I like that song. So I like the the hook too, but then I just found out that it's not. It's it's a Dolly Parton song. No way. Yeah, Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers. Yeah. Yeah. What? Islands yeah. in the stream. That is what we are. Run oh. away with me. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That that's the melody. Can rely yeah. on each other. Because I'm like oh. Dolly Parton was singing about ghetto superstars. Like, oh what? no. <laughs> hey, you know, you, I mean, Dolly was around. You know, well, you know, Kenny yeah, and Dolly true. both. I mean, they you know they know something about something. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely <laughs> see that. <laughs> no, yeah, Colin thinks it's trash, bro. He thinks I it's think. trash. From what I remember. Yeah, it's ODB and Praz. Yup. Yeah, no, I fuck with that song. Wu-Tang and, and the Fugees. And Maya, yeah, dude. Yeah. Whoa, it's great. Yeah, that's the cut. That's the that's the banger. See, I fuck with ODB. I fuck with the Fugees. I fuck with Maya. I just think it was, you know, not as good as the sum of its parts. Also, it probably just got overplayed so much back in the day. Wow, there is that. There so, is that. You know, 
Did you ever see the movie Bullworth? Nuh-uh. <laughs> that was the sound. It was on the soundtrack for that, but it was the the Warren Beatty movie where he uh, Warren Master Beatty. Yeah, he Warren Master Beatty. He lost his career because of it. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, it failed. He failed. Oh, he's damn. racist. He oh, he's trying to be funny about being racist. Uh, and it was just like a little, a little too late for that. You know, it might have passed in the eighties. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, I don't know if Matthew Broderick's a good actor. Uh, going back to Godzilla, though. So I'm looking at all of his movies, and I see a lot of stuff that I've never, never, ever seen. What about that one where the uh, monkeys were getting um, the blood disease? What, what's that disease? Ebola. What about that one? Huh? Huh? Matthew Broderick. Yeah, is that a Matthew Broderick movie? Are you talking about Outbreak? Yeah. I don't think he's an Outbreak, is he? <laughs> what? Really? You're blowing my mind. <laughs> well, I don't see him. I don't see it on his filmography. So. What? Yeah, Outbreak's what? Bruce Willis. I know that. Now I got to look it up. I'll look up Outbreak. Uh, he was the best part of Rick and Morty. Matthew Broderick. Okay. Who so did he just play? Leave him. Did he Rick play? and Morty. Yeah. What? Did he play? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He played a talking cat in one episode. <laughs> oh, shit, really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's funny in uh, 30 Rock. Oh, I don't remember him that. You know, he's in he's in like one or two episodes. He, he works for the uh, U.S. government when Jack decides that he's going to quit GE. So he goes to work for the Bush administration. And Matthew Broderick is his boss. And his mm. name is Cooter Burger. <laughs> <laughs> it's not his actual name but you know <laughs> he got two nicknames because george bush saw him eating a burger one time and just a lot of things like that oh he was in the b movie that's an important milestone that's a cultural touchstone yeah what are you talking about with outbreak i'm trying to think of who you who you thought was you think dennis or dustin he was Hoffman? in the producers that was a good one that's great <laughs> he was an inspector gadget <laughs> that's, what, that's what Rob said earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He do, 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 do. I mean, that's a great fucking song, dude. <laughs> 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 the cable and guy. Also, he killed it in the cable guy. He was cable great. Great. Cable guy. Oh, you've never seen Cable Guy? I've never seen Cable oh, Guy. Oh, dude. It's so underrated. It's a good fucking movie. It creeps people the fuck out. Is that's that's the fact of the matter. People did not under like they were expecting some happy-ish, you know borderline family fun that Jim Carrey would offer. And then he came out with the cable guy and people were like, oh, I can't take my kids <laughs> to see that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I remember a lot of people being like, why is this a PG-13 movie? This should have been R just because it was so dark in concept. Which one was? The cable guy. Cable guy. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty disturbing, I guess. I mean, but it's but funny. Pe people are pearl clutching, man. Yeah, that, that, that they do. They be clutching their pearls. They do a be lot. clutching them. The Inspector Gadget uh, cartoon. Did you guys watch that back in the day? Man, hell yeah, dude. Which one? The cartoon, the Inspector Gadget cartoon. I'll get oh, fuck you, yeah. Gadget. That's that's what I'm saying. I'll it's get you, Gadget. The Claw, dude. Mad Claw or whatever his name was. Yeah, I looked him up the other day, too. Dude, he was like, dope. The fuck does this motherfucker look like? What <laughs> does he look like? I don't think we saw it. Did, did they we? ever show it? Yeah, they show him. I think in like the last episode. What? Which I never saw. No way. Uh, I don't want to see that almost, you know, Dr. Claw. I'm going to look it up. Rupert Everett plays him in the uh, in the movie. Gross. Sanford Skolex. That's like some uh, some shit. 
Some poop. Project X. Matthew Broderick was looking after some chimps in Project X. He worked at a oh. lab. It was not Outbreak. I totally conflated the two for some reason. All the monkey movies in one. We got Lawnmower Man, <laughs> Outbreak, and Project X. Just wrap them into one movie. Oh, he doesn't look like I expected at all. Dr. Claw? Yeah, Dr. Claw. Just, he looks like, uh, like, uh, oh. I mean, he kind of looks like the KFC guy, you know? Right. He hella looks like Colonel Sanders. Yeah, he yeah. looks like Colonel Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> wow. He looks just like fucking Colonel Sanders. He looks like Kitchen Fresh Chicken Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> okay, funny. so uh, speaking of KFC and the Yum co- the Yum Company, you guys familiar <laughs> the with Yum the Yum Company? Yum Company? Yeah. The Long John Silver's conspiracy theory. Are you guys familiar with the Long John Silver's conspiracy theory? Nope, break it down. Long John Silver's conspiracy. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yes, my nipples it. just got stiff. I'm <laughs> so ready for this. All right, I'm so ready for this. Let's get this colloidal silver. Before going. before we get into this, did you have you either of you guys ever eaten at a Long John Silver's? Can't say that I have. Once upon a time. Oh really? It was a long time ago. It was like years ago. What were your memories of it? Fond, neutral. <laughs> it uh, fiendish. So in Everett, they had just teamed up with fucking i think like a kfc yep so it was like a kfc long john silvers so it was like fried chicken fried fish all in one spot i'm like yo let's <laughs> how can you go wrong and then yep i can't eat kfc because kfc straight makes me sick like it fucks my stomach up oh damn every oh, yeah. time i eat it it's the grease yeah. it's something about kfc kfc and pizza hut i get sick oh, every damn. time they fuck with my stomach in a special way same company same company and then Long John Silver is like, I remember eating it, and I was like, yo, I don't ever need to do this again. <laughs> like, of all the fucking fast food restaurants out there, oh, no. this yeah, is the know. last on the totem. Like, this and KFC, I'm not fucking with. I'll probably fuck with a biscuit, because I love a biscuit, but... Can't go wrong with a biscuit. I mean... Nah, nah, other than that... It's the only yeah, reason like, you should ever go to fucking... What's that, what's that seafood place you went to while you were here? Red Lobster? Red, red oh, Lobster. Red Lobster. It's the only fucking yep. reason you should go to Red Lobster is for those fucking those, those cheddar, cheddar biscuits. biscuits? Them yeah. cheddar biscuits. And they've gone down. They've degraded. No, oh, they're not as good. They're not, they're not nearly as flaming Don't anymore, you man. say it. They're like quarter of the size. Yep. Or like God, they're smaller. Dear. Half the size. They're half the size and half the flavor. Shrinkflation, dude. Once again. Shrinkflation strikes again, motherfucker. All right. Um. So a couple things. One... On the Platinum Card Boys project, I I, I dropped the I dropped the pitch down on a I, I just downloaded a YouTube video of a person making cheddar biscuit, making the Red Lobster cheddar biscuits, and I dropped I, I dropped the pitch down so they sound like ambiguously gendered gendered. Um. The shred cheddar cheese first start off with your box grater, and we're going to shred it on the largest shred here. I'm going to take my cheese and just run it down the length of the box grater. And on the inside of the box grater, it'll hold all of your shreds. When I lift this up, I'll have my shredded cheddar cheese. This shred size is really kind of your standard shred. It works well with soft cheeses and hard cheeses alike. <laughs> But so I only learned about Long John Silver's um, because when I worked at KFC A and W back in the day, and then I learned about the company, and 
they, you know, it's like, they're like, yeah, we, you know, we own Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, KFC, A&W, and Long John Silver's. And I was like, what the fuck's a Long John Silver? <laughs> I'd never, I'd never even heard of it before. <laughs> yeah. So I had a buddy that hit me up and he was like, hey, dude, you know about the, the Long John Silver's conspiracy theory? And I was like, excuse me? I'm all about this, but... Can I take a guess at what it is? What's up? Well, I know that, like, PepsiCo couldn't compete with Coke. Um, so what they did is bought a fuck ton of chains so that they would have to carry Pepsi. And so they... The reason why those, like, mixture... Those, uh, what's it called? Two restaurants in one. <laughs> the symbiosis, the synergy... Uh, the reason it existed is because Pepsi wanted to pump their profits and didn't want Coke to have any. Is that does that have anything to do with it? No, but that's that's too mainstream. Damn it! Oh, okay. That's, that's <laughs> too. That's that. That's not David Icke enough. No, but I went to. Um, so when we went to Oppenheimer the other day, Selena was like, "Hey, get me a Coke slushy because they got the or a Coke icy, you know, because they got the icy machine." Every time you see the icy machine, you know, with the polar bear and stuff, you you know that there's two flavors. You know that they have cherry and Coke. Oh yeah. Right? Always. So we're at we're at uh Regal and they have Pepsi and Cherry. Wow. And I was like, "Excuse Weird. me, you have Pepsi slushies? Like I don't know about this." And cuz I was going to get a larger <laughs> one. And so I texted Selena. I was like, "Are you do you want Pepsi or are you sure?" You know, like, I don't know about I don't know about this. She's like, "It's fine. Don't worry." That being said, in slushy form, much better than in um bottle form. Pepsi's trash. Oh. It's trash soda. All right, so Long John Silver conspiracy theory. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'm rambling. This is what happens when I'm sober. Not anything different than me being high. But that being said, uh, Kevin, do you have any? Do you have any? Uh, do you have any theories on what the El the Long John Silver's conspiracy theory? Is? I'm sure it has some crazy shit with fish farming. Okay, or mm. like importing dirty shrimp type shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> dirty shrimp. <laughs> All right, so this is going to be a post that I got on Reddit, but I'm going to essentially read through it because it summarizes everything really well, and then it's it's fucking amazing. Well, if it's on Reddit, I fucking already believe it. You don't even have to tell me. <laughs> I kind of fuck with Reddit. <laughs> if you want to get the, to the truth, you you look up whatever your search term is plus Reddit, and then you'll get like some real shit. You'll get some actual <laughs> results. I mean, you know, am I going to believe CNN? <laughs> am I going to believe Fox News? Like, what Fake what am I supposed news, to believe man. now? What am I supposed to believe? Okay, it's Fox News. Fox. Reddit is journalism. Okay, so Long John Silver's one of the you know most well known fast food seafood. <laughs> restaurants in america <laughs> pretty niche uh i started to be like wait well-known fast food, uh, seafood fast food seafood restaurants yeah because you started that sentence i was like uh what wait a Excuse minute me? Yeah. starting yeah. not to trust this reddit post man yeah well, facts yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> immediately skeptical i read this this shit before and um i've seen you know there there are people breaking down this conspiracy theory on tiktok you know youtube a bunch of different places and they often refer to this reddit post Oh. So this Reddit post oh. is apparently legit. Um, so it says, <laughs> in one of the most well-known fast food seafood restaurants in America. However, well-known doesn't mean well-off. Let me ask you something. Do you live near Long John Silver's? <laughs> if so, when was <laughs> yeah. the last time you've seen a busy Long John Silver's? It's probably been a while, if ever, right? In fact, maybe recently you've noticed them close their doors. I'm telling you it's all connected. Allow me to explain. <laughs> okay. The history. 
August 18th, 1969. It's a beautiful day nice. in Lexington, Kentucky. Whoa, okay. Yep. Especially for Jim Patterson, who just Jim opened Patterson up his, Jim Patterson from Kentucky. He just opened up his brand new seafood restaurant, Long John Silver's. Yeah. This restaurant was old Jim's dream, his own business, owned, <laughs> managed, and created all by him. <laughs> he was excited, and who wouldn't be, to open his doors for business. Unfortunately for Jim, Long John Silver's would grow to be somewhat popular, but would never quite take off. Even today, the original location is no longer standing and is now a hair salon. Hmm. So how did Jim Patterson keep his doors open? Well, now we're going to talk about the founding of the Cornbread Mafia. Whoa! <laughs> what? what? <laughs> oh, this is... We just took a turn, cornbread man. Cornbread Mafia? That's yes. Cornbread Mafia. Cornbread Yo, Mafia. Especially in the Kentucky accent. Yes. The Cornbread Mafia. This is the dopest name ever. I yeah, do I believe we want to get that man whacked. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they should have just called themselves KFF, Kentucky Fried Yo. Fish. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. Why not? All right. All right so the Cornbread Mafia. Yeah, facts. In the 40s and 50s, or the 40s and 50s were a wonderful time to be a moonshiner in the southern states. Mm. The Second Great War. I don't know about, I don't know why, why'd you name it that? The Second Great War. Because it was large. Are they talking about the fucking civil rights? They're talking about World War II, but they, they wrote the Second Great War. Well, because the oh. First Great War was the First World War. So. Okay. You know, uh, maybe they're from like Brit, uh, Europe or some shit. That's oh, possible. Yeah. That's possible. Uh, uh, side note, I watched Small Soldiers the other day. That movie oh, still holds dude, up. It is so fucking shit. good. That movie hmm. is the shit. It still holds up. It's fantastic. Like Hell through yeah. and through, start to finish. Phil Hartman sits down on his couch and he's eating popcorn. Like he's like, you know what? World War II is my favorite war. <laughs> it's just like that's the line. <laughs> that is that is encapsulated so it's many dads so in the nineties. Yeah, it's so fucking good. And I was like, God damn it, Phil Hartman. He died uh, thirteen days before that movie's release. Oh shit! Oh, damn. Yeah. damn. Yeah, dude. He That's was shot a, because Andy Dick gave his wife some cocaine. That happens. That's just facts, bro. Wait, is that really how Yeah, that's died? for real. Andy Dick, he, she had been kind of sober, you know, and Andy Dick slid her some cocaine uh, against everybody's best interests, and she fucking went on a psychotic, uh, ep she had a psychotic episode, and she shot Phil Hartman, dead. Why Phil Hartman, though? He didn't, oh, she was just... She's married. Out. She was married to him. So yeah. I don't know. So, Some shit was so going she down. She shot her husband. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Shot her husband. People often uh, take their rage out on their loved ones. That is, you know, it's just, it's simply a proximity thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also, our loved ones will often allow mm -hmm. a longer leash for our behaviors and things yeah, like and that. And our loved ones right. just be pissing us off too a lot. So exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. also, you know, and harboring resentment. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. People need to communicate, man. Yeah. And then, of course, there's out-of-control addiction, but yeah. Well, so, I mean, Andy that... Dick, bro. Andy Dick. Speaking of out-of-control addiction, let's what get back dick. to this Long John Silvers. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get back to the Cornbread Mafia. The Cornbread Mafia. So, World War II was over. <laughs> Profits were booming. Uh, this was especially true for John Johnny Robert Boone. <laughs> Johnny is his nickname. Is not his middle name. His name was John Robert Boone, but he called himself or he was called Johnny Robert Boone. He was a moonshiner in Bluegrass Hills of, uh, of Kentucky, and he was raking in profits hand over fist. But it wasn't enough. Sometime in the late '60s, Johnny Boone decided he wanted to get into the marijuana business. Oh shit! 
So he and his buddies started growing plants and selling them to the locals. His grass ended up. Yeah, his uh, grass ended up being uh, more of a hit than he ever thought it would be. Thus, the cornbread mafia was born. Mm. Selling weed across Kentucky and operating in the Marion, Nelson, McCreary, and Washington counties, Johnny and his buddies were living the high life. However, not everything can be accounted for. As their profits grew, so did their problems. They couldn't simply spend the money without raising suspicion. They needed a place to launder their money, make it clean, so they could spend Mm -hmm. it without the police or IRS hunting them down. Okay, I could kind of see where this was going once you mentioned the mafia to begin with. I was like, okay, the, the money laundering. So I've told you guys about my theory about Burger King, right? No. That's my my theory. Burger King, I'm pretty sure started, I, I'd have to do research on it, not as much as obviously this guy has. I'm pretty sure it started in the 80s in Miami. Do I need to say oh, more? There you go. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we're back on Andy Dick. We're back on Andy Dick. There we go. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I was like, wait, what? I was like, oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> huh? yeah. Huh? All right. Huh? So this section called Fayette County. Ever heard the phrase, don't shit where you eat? Yes. Well. Yes. Yes. yes I've heard, yeah, I've heard that. Uh, Well, Johnny Boone certainly had. He knew he had to launder their money, but he couldn't risk doing it a place so close to his home operation. This is when he had learned about Long John Silver's, a newly opened fast food restaurant just one county over in Lexington City. Plus, it had the name John in it. What more could he want? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's like, oh, that's got John in it, so I'll just do that. Wow, dude. Well, shit. I mean, that's meant to be right there. Yeah. That's a sign from the dog right there. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a John right there. Yeah. So Big Johnny Boone and his gang made the trek to Lexington to convince old Jim to be their money launderer. Why do you keep calling him old Jim, man? Quit throwing hey, shade at this man. Hey, old Jim, man, you know, uh, 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 Jim Patterson. He's not Johnny Boone, <laughs> but, you know, he's old Jim Patterson. Uh, so honestly, why would he say no? It's a you know, win-win. Jim gets to keep his business running and make some extra cash while Johnny and the Cornbread Mafia get to spend their hard-earned cash. Right. With the agreement in place, both gangs entered the 70s with optimistic hope. The hope was well-placed, it would seem. The 70s were great for both the Cornbread Mafia, which grew in size and scale, and Johnny becoming known as, quote, the king of pot, unquote, and the godfather of grass, unquote. Wow. They began to expand across the United States and increase their profits. This, of course, meant that Long John Silvers had to expand as well in order to accommodate the much ah. larger emperor, the empire, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. that uh, Johnny was growing. Things were looking great until the 1990s. Johnny Boone, many of his colleagues were busted from 87 to 91 for their operation. The feds started taking people down. This, however, would not stop the Cornbread Mafia or Long John Silver's, but it would stop Long John Silver's parent company, Jericho, which went under in 1999. With Boone behind bars, but frustratingly silent about his operations, the Mafia was allowed to continue, albeit now they had had to be much more discreet in their operations. And they continued on using Long John Silver's as their launderer well into the present day. So this person is claiming that, you know, L- Long John Silver's still rocking it. So, uh, remember how I mentioned that Long John Silver's wasn't popular when it opened? Yeah, so it was actually never popular. Like, <laughs> ever. Like, right. ever. It's a front. Exactly. 
So that remained true and remains true today. It's never especially busy, but remains open and running at all odds until very recently. You may have noticed that many Long John Silvers are closing and shuttering their doors. I mean, how would we notice? Because we don't, like, where are we if supposed to not see around. These? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're not around. Yeah. <laughs> there aren't I've any. never it's seen one in real life. I mean, yeah, dude, f- the f- concept of fast food shrimp, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, see, anytime we're talking about the, fast food, seafood, I'm like, I don't know, man. Seafood isn't supposed yeah. to be fast, man. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. I ate that shit, and I was like, I have a feeling I shouldn't. I shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have a feeling that I made a bad decision here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even get the McFish or whatever. I, it's just like, nah, man, I'm good. You know? Yo. Uh-huh. Remember when I was eating those for a minute? The fish fillets? Yeah. You're full. I was getting the fillet of fish and then I was getting them with cheese. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think bit. they come with they You're come not with even cheese. supposed to eat cheese. <laughs> <laughs> There's two things you're not supposed to eat. <laughs> right. <laughs> Stacked on top of each other, oh baby. Oh, my God. Hell the brother yeah. boogie way. Oh my lord! Oh my goodness. But no, I was drunk one night and I ate that shit and I got so fucking sick and I haven't oh. touched one since. See, that's all it takes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want someone to stop? You know, like, do you remember the concept of like your parents catch you smoking a cigarette, so then they buy you a pack of cigarettes and oh, they yeah, sit make you, you down and make you all? smoke the whole pack? You know, fucked up as that is, I think that that works. <laughs> it does. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh yeah, you like this? How about you? You just eat it until you throw up, and then you will never want it again. You know, or or just yeah. happened to get sick. I couldn't eat pad thai for uh, over a decade because I just happened to get sick one time and then ate pad thai that the night for dinner that I was going to get sick later. It wasn't even because of the pad thai. It was, you know, a friend just not fucking caring that they were sick and coming to hang out with us. And um, asshole. Asshole, right? Just yep. you're a fucking dick. Like, you know, this is Some obviously people are fucking assholes. Like, just like, oh dick. yeah, you know, I was just throwing up a bunch last night, but I wanted to come over and hit your bong. And then we're all idiots. And so we smoked <laughs> oh, the bong God. with them. So, <laughs> well, you know, that's partly on you, but I <laughs> mostly on them. It's not on me. <laughs> I, t- I, claim I take no, no accountability. No accountability, <laughs> sir. Yeah. So <laughs> I couldn't eat pad thai for like a decade because of that shit. So. All right. So uh, you may have noticed that Long John Silver's are shuttering their doors maybe their unpopularness has finally caught up with them and their luck has run out well yes but actually no many states in the past past decade have begun to decriminalize marijuana and even go as far as selling it at dispensaries since people can now buy grass legally the cornbread mafia and their operations have begun to diminish taking long john silvers with them oh right and as they lose more and more money to legal marijuana they have less and less to give to long john silvers to keep their doors up and open which is why there are less and less of them around nowadays. It's all too perfect. The dates, the timelines, and data all match up perfectly to show that Long John Silver's is indeed a money laundering scheme for the cornbread mafia of Kentucky. So apparently this person did research, but then decided not to put the research in this article. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well, it's a good story. It's a good story. Cornbread Mafia is a fucking phenomenal name. That's a great name. That's a beautiful name. (laughs) That's the dopest name I've ever heard. I like that shit a lot. Cornbread Mafia. We're going to take a hard right here. This section right here is is titled HIV. <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't know. I haven't read I didn't read this far down, <laughs> so this all is right. going to All right. Uh, you know, 
this person's like, but you know, you, uh, you might ask, how does this have a connection to AIDS? To which I answer, <laughs> wonderful <laughs> well, Nobody was asking that. <laughs> exactly. Literally no one was asking about that. Yeah. Right. Nobody. Uh, see, AIDS was a growing <laughs> concern in the 80s as more and more gay men died of the horrible disease. However, heroin addicts were also dying. Why was this? Well, as you may know, they contracted the disease because they would share their drug needles. Heroin is a very dangerous drug. Okay, uh, both to people and to the cornbread's <laughs> profits, so it was in their interest oh. for it to die out. They pushed out a huge campaign spreading the fact that heroin gave people AIDS, which prompted many addicts to, and users to quit. However, they still had to get their fix. This is where the cornbread mafia would step in to sell them other drugs. Hey, man, we got this weed here, man. Hey, man, you know what doesn't give you AIDS, man? Wheat. You know, if you smoke a joint, you smoke a doobie, you ain't gonna get no AIDS, man. Weed. Weed. I got this weed right here. That'll fix you up. Yep. So uh, Long John Silver's is a money laundering operation for the Cornbread Mafia, which is still operating despite the ringleader being in jail. That makes sense. I mean, legal organized crime heads are in jail all the time and still can operate. Right. Mm -hmm. So now I want to learn more about the Cornbread Mafia, man. I'm not going to lie, man. I want to learn more about Boone's Farm. I need Mm -hmm. to learn Boone's Farm. Yeah. Wait. Is there any connection to Boone's farm? <laughs> Is that where it comes from? It's fucking it John Boone's weed farm. <laughs> <laughs> Boone's Do farm fan club. <laughs> Yeah, is, there real, is there a real fan Yeah, I, I, searched, I searched Boone's Farm, and the first link that comes up is boonesfarm.net. <laughs> Boone's Farm fan club online. Tight. Holy shit. That's dope. Oh, let's look up the history. Hold on. A short history. Boone's Farm Fan Club was founded in 2007 by enthusiastic <laughs> drinkers who appreciate the value of Boone's Farm, Yo, a flavored what? apple wine product produced in California. Breath. <laughs> what? Bruh. Dude, this is boonesfarm.net. It's the official webpage for the Boone's Farm Fan Club. Why is there a fucking Boone's Farm Fan Club? I'm so mad about this. Oh, and flavor of the month is the best flavor, the Strawberry Hill. Oh, there you go. <laughs> it's destiny. We were destined to find this Boone's Farm Fan we gotta Club. We got to get sponsored by Boone's Farm. Yo, we do gotta get sponsored by Boone's Farm. I mean, I'm more of a Mad Dog 2020 guy, but, you know, I'll take some Boone's Farm. Oh, fuck that. (laughs) You know, uh, I gotta tell you, on Boone's News, here at the (laughs) Boone's Farm (laughs) Spam Club, uh, Ric Flair (laughs) loves Boone's Farm. That's, uh, that's, uh... I didn't even see that. (laughs) That's, uh, oh my god. An article from 2009... Ooh, Boone's Farm rap. He used to drink Boone's Farm while his pilot struggled to fly an airplane. So that's uh, a <laughs> resounding endorsement of Boone's Farm. <laughs> I got some history for you here, if you want it. Uh, the makers of Boone's Farm, Ian J. Gallo, are one of the largest wine producers in the world. Hmm. Company earns $4.1 billion every year and owns 20,000 acres of California's prime wine growing land. Found Fucking it, uh, Boone's Farm? Yeah, well, the company that owns Boone's Farm. So Ernest and Julio Gallo. Gallo Brothers founded their wine business at the tail end of the Prohibition, taking advantage of America's weak supply of domestic vineyards. According to PBS, Ernest's goal was to, quote, build the Campbell Soup Company of the wine industry by selling selling (laughs) ultra-affordable wines. He succeeded by making products that were indeed widely inexpensive, but just about as universally available. So that was his plan. Good for him, I guess. 
Yeah. Um, the way it looks... was phrased, though, is no good, man. The Campbell's I want to create soup the Campbell's of soup of wine. Come on, bro. <laughs> don't fucking talk to me like that. Uh, don't fucking talk to me like that. Why would you say that? <laughs> oh, this. If I scroll down the article, uh, it might not actually be wine, as in bold. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck is it then? What I mean, the hell? It, well, it's cider, made, I guess, right? Yeah, it's made from fermented apples yeah. or fermented f- fruit, and it's a flavored wine. Oh, in reaction to the new law, Boone's Farm switched from being a flavored wine product to a malt beverage. Oh, okay. So there, there were some li- uh, some yeah. So apparently it wasn't. Oh, it's malt. It's I a can malt. See that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. This looks like a, a hangover in a bottle, man. I've never had this. The Blue Hawaiian Boone's Farm. Yeah, dude, it looks Ooh. dangerous as shit. That shit's gnar. It it looks like it should be for kids though, which is not. Good. That's yeah. Market it to children. That checks out. Here's a... Uh, I got a great business idea, actually. Let's do it. Um, the Chef Boyardee of <laughs> weed. <laughs> How do you make it happen? I don't know what that means, but I feel like if you if we could do it, it would I, make a lot of I, money. Hey, man, I just grew some fucking ravioli. It tested at 33%, man. It's just... <laughs> whoo! I mean, why not, you know? Uh, why not? Fuck it. The Pop-Tarts of... Mushrooms, <laughs> or what's another inebriate and like a fucking <laughs> yeah, man. I'm trying to be the ego the... of mescaline. <laughs> the ego. <laughs> you know. Mescaline in everyone's freezer, man. Across yeah. America, <laughs> exactly. We can make millions, man. Telling you, we live in the future, the space age, technologies. More computing power than all the Apollo moon missions combined. Right in your pocket. Mankind is more advanced than ever. But for all that tech, science still hasn't answered one of humanity's most pressing questions. What's my doggy thinking about? Where science has failed, Dog Translator delivers. We've moved away from tech and computing power and go by the ancient method of intuition. How does it work? You contact Dog Translator. Then we send Roger over to your house. Roger proceeds to get super stoned in your driveway. And once Roger is so high that Willie Nelson would tip his cap, he comes in. Then Roger awkwardly stares at your dog for several minutes while mumbling and making random sounds. Once this process is complete, Roger talks to your dog and then lays it on you. He hates that sweater, man. He says it demeans the both of you. I don't think he's wrong about that. Hey, man, she says dry food sucks. It's got to be wet food. Fuck out of here with that gravy train. She don't want none of that. Uh, he says he wants pink bows in his pretty, pretty hair. And he doesn't want any goddamn judgment about it either, man. Ooh, this one? This one's a little bit tougher. I'm, I'm going to have to smoke more, man. I don't know, man. I can't tell what he's saying. <laughs> this isn't very good. <clears throat> hey, you got something to drink? Wait, that thing's a cat? You love your dog. And your dog loves you. Probably. Only one way to find out. Dog translator. Yeah, uh, shout out mescaline. That's like the greatest drug ever, right? I've never I want done it. Some mescaline so bad. I want all the drugs, bro. I, I would just, love yeah. to try all the drugs. So I'm too nervous, or like I'm not interested in doing meth. 
You know what I mean? Or hair. I don't want anything that goes into my veins. You've done. Mo- oh, yeah, I guess that. I would love to do opium, mescaline. You never you done opium? You know, never done you opium. You smoked opium with us, didn't no, you? No, I've never smoked opium. I used to make opium in high to. school. How the fuck the did you get poppy? The only time I smoked opium was with you, Hash. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah, shit. That was the well, first and go. only time I've smoked <laughs> There you go. I haven't had the pleasure of coming across it again. Oh, uh, so. yeah. I mean, you don't want to buy it anywhere, but you know. Right. Uh, theoretically, if I'll, 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 I've been doing some walking around the city. If I find a stash... I'll make some and send it over. No, I'm kidding. I won't. I'm not going to manufacture. <laughs> Johnson yeah. and Johnson will have my ass for that. Johnson and uh, Johnson. Do they own poppy fields? Probably. I mean, I just oh, I yeah. just well, picked yeah, random probably. pharmaceutical. Bin company. Laden's family will kick your ass, hey. dude. Hey. I don't think Bin Laden's family are the biggest suppliers of opiates. You don't think so? No. They probably do more like construction shit than. Opiates. I mean, yeah. dude, who's making the fentanyl? I don't know. Cartels, maybe. That's a good question. Right? Let's look this up. I mean, Aren't I mean, they coming across the border? That's what I'm hearing. Or is that propaganda? Oh, that's probably propaganda, man. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Who makes the fentanyl, man? It's fake fucking news. Hey, this cat's fucking just sitting on my keyboard. I think you're so cute. Hey. You are cute. It's okay. Who, who, who brings the fentanyl in? China. 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 I think it's China. Uh, yeah. Well, this one says the majority of fentanyl is mass produced in Mexico. Using well, chemicals uh, from China. From China, right, ah. exactly. They make the precursor chemicals, and then Mexico puts it all together in a little soup, and then Campbell's soup, and then brings it over via <laughs> the cornbread mafia. <laughs> cornbread mafia. All these Cornbread mafia. Well, let's be real. I mean, Purdue Pharma makes Oxycontin, and, you know. Oh, shit. Purdue, the chicken company? No, it, well, it, it's like the chicken company. <laughs> Wait, is company, it the but same fucking company, bro? It's probably the same company. It probably is, man. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> well, dude, Purdue Pharma and Chicken. Purdue Pharma <laughs> is the company that um, incentivized and was paying doctors to overprescribe uh, opiates and thus led right. to the opium epidemic that is as bad that killed oh. my cousin. You know, like my cousin, he got a, he broke his collarbone oh, right. and they fucking overprescribed him with opiates and you know addictive personality and that's you know that is a very common story people get a back injury neck injury whatever the fuck yep get way over prescribed oxycontin and then they're hooked yeah but my question is what the fuck does purdue pharma get out of it well or well i guess they have to pay their prescriptions but they sell the drug they get paid by like there's you know, they get paid by companies that buy their products. I guess I'm thinking, like, eventually the prescription is going to run out, right? Or not? Yeah, but then the people get more. I know, like, but dude, they get it from the street, presumably. No, and then no, they wouldn't... get it from corrupt oh. doctors that are overprescribing. Oh. Dude, back in the day, yeah, they keep filling the. They keep oh, filling they just keep filling it. Just oh, keep filling the prescriptions, oh, dude. Yeah. The first time I ever saw Oxycontin, like, in my apartment, you know, because I had my own apartment in high school, and so, like, you know, drugs would come in periodically. The first time someone had pills, it was from their dad, who had a corrupt doctor in Ferndale, Washington, Mm. who was prescribing them, and he would give them just a full bottle of 80 milligram Oxycontins. Damn, bro. And that, dude, just absolutely, like, I, I took a bump off of it, like, you know, maybe five milligrams, and I was just like, nope. Never going to do anything like that ever again. That shit was fucked up. Damn. Just hella fucked up. I felt so good. 
I was like, this, is, <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't natural. Ain't that about a bitch? We live in a world. This is our world, man. We live in a world where it's like, in wow, world. that was fucking amazing. I'm never doing that shit again. That was stupid and dangerous. You know what I'm saying? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. I think, you know what? I'm just going to say it, man. I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to build a petition and I'm going to circulate it. And the petition is going to be that if something feels good, it's good for you. And it's, oh, it's all good. You know what I mean? We need to change that about the world. If it feels good, <laughs> it should be good. And if it feels bad, it's bad. Period. Make it simple. Well, hmm. There's way too many rules around everything. The, how would you describe heroin then? Right. Exactly. We got to change the world so that heroin is fine and good because it feels good. Well, technically, you know, opiates aren't awful for you, but it's just, yeah, it's, I mean, well, let's just change the brain's chemistry. Let's just do We, we got to change. No, I got to talk to God or something or yeah, somebody. Dude, let's let's get God on the line. Hey, hey, Je yeah. hey, Jesus. Like, why did you make it so that good things are bad for you, dude? What the, it feels right. good, but it's bad for you? What the fuck? If, if you were to talk shit. to, you know, the religious people, they would say that was the devil. That's the yeah, devil. Yeah, I don't. That makes no goddamn sense. My though. question is, God, if you're so fucking powerful, <laughs> why'd you allow the devil to do this shit? See, man? here's the question, though. If the devil, okay, let's say that there's a God, right? And then he somehow created and allowed the, the devil to be there, right? Yeah. The whole thing about Satan is that he is meant to deceive. He's the deceiver, okay? And he's like, and he owns the world, right? That's the whole thing. So then what the fuck? How, do we, how could you ever know that you actually believe in God? Because everything religious might have been created by Satan to throw you off the fucking trail of what actually God is doing. See, if you keep talking like that, man, the Vatican's going to come and they're going to kill you. So if you believe in Satan at all, then you can't believe in God. Vatican's huh? going to come and kill you. you, you <laughs> the Vatican's like listening right That's now. the Vatican specifically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. The Pope is like, oh shit, he figured oh, it out. Shit, exactly. <laughs> 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 no one's ever thought about this before. But for real, if you believe in Satan, you can't believe in God then. You you know? I, you can't have them one, both. One can't exist without the other. Right. Is the thing. So if you believe in one, you have to believe in the other. Oh, I see what you're saying. I got but, you. But the thing is with belief, you can believe anything you want. That's and true. This is it also don't have very to make no fucking, fucking true. Sense. It doesn't have to make a lick of fucking <laughs> sense. Actually, I saw a video today about that very subject, actually. This guy was talking about how he just got out of business school and how he's like in debt and all of a sudden the other shit. But then he had these business cards made that said that he's the CEO of Google. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes and he passes those around and people are like, you can't do that. You shouldn't do that. And then he left and he's like, well, if you have a problem with it, just call the customer service line on the card. <laughs> and then that leads to like Applebee's fucking customer service department and he's like we live in a world where like all you have to do is just have fucking confidence and right. you can fucking just bullshit your way through fucking life and get whatever the fuck you want you yes know? you can so fuck, yes, you fuck can. whatever fuck everything i had a boss that was a, a general manager at a restaurant that i worked at that um we found out after i'd worked with him for like six months that he had lied about his resume so he had said that he was in the military for like, you know, and that's why his, um, the gap in his resume, mm. realistically, he was in prison. Oh, 
oh shit. <laughs> and so <laughs> and so he just he just he just came <laughs> out of prison dope. lying about like where he was, lying Damn. about what he was doing, lying about his education, and he applied for this job for the restaurant general manager and they just looked at his resume and were like, "Oh, this looks good." He came in, he's charismatic enough to like interview well, and it's just yeah, once again, confidence and the ability to lie and like stick to your lies, you know, allowed him to yeah. uh get that job. Of course, what an alpha, dude! It didn't. It didn't See? last, you know. Wow. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've just I've been debating about this for a while. It's like I'm on the the job hunt, you know what I mean? And it's just like I mean, yeah. I just got a job, but it's like I'm still looking for career positions or something that'll pay me more, or something that I'm passionate in. And it's like, you know, Congrats that people on the job. Well, I wouldn't say that, but thank you. Okay, <laughs> yeah, you, you never. Yeah, I totally feel you on that shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm very sorry. Actually, sorry, man. But yeah, <laughs> also congrats. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's it's cool because you know I won't get evicted. Um, that so is that cool. that's cool. Um, but CS. also yeah. I have a lot less free time. So right, see, that and sucks. that shit sucks. Donkey dick. Double man, D's, man. We were sitting down with my dad trying to figure out his financial situation and whatnot, and uh, he just was like, he just out, he just said it out loud. He's like. Yeah, well, you know, I got a part-time job coming up, so, you know, and I was, and immediately me and Melanie were like, hmm? I was like, what? What do you mean you have a part-time job? So he's like, yeah, it's this, uh, it's this company called Restore, Rebuild, Repair. You know, it's out of LA, but they send you on jobs and you go do them and they're little like, you know, handyman jobs. And I was like immediately like suspicious as fuck. And I was like, what'd you say that the name of it was? I went and looked up the website and it was such a fake website. <laughs> and it, like all of the testimonials were stock photos of people with a quote with like misspellings in it and stuff. And all of the people who worked there, their name or their numbers were like one digit different, huh. you know? And I'm like, that's pretty weird. And then the email the last, it was dot, uh, oh fuck, what was it? It was like something hella weird. It was like dot, I forget what, but I had never seen it before. And I was like, I don't think that's a real email. So I immediately sent in an email and it bounced back. And I was like, dad, this isn't a real thing. This isn't a real job. Did you already give him all your information? He's like, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I did all the onboarding paperwork yesterday and I, but I was on a zoom call and there was like 50 people on the call. I was like, yeah, they're getting scammed. Yeah. You, you, you gave him your social security and all that, didn't you? And he's like, yeah, but it's not a scam. I didn't give him any money. I was like, oh, Jesus. Oh, man. And then I looked into it deeper, and this company was started. It, it, it's based out of Las Vegas, okay? But when you look up the physical address, it's, it's a business that sells fake physical addresses. So you can use their but address. No, what, no. Yeah. yeah. Wait. Wait. Yeah. Wait. Yep. Wait. Go you back. Look, yeah. Go back. Go back. I need to hear this again. Yeah. I need to hear this again. So this business is out of Las Vegas, right? And I looked it up, um, and it is, in the state of Nevada, it is registered as an actual LLC, and it has a physical address. So I looked up the physical address on Google Street View, and the sign is, I wish I could remember exactly what it said, but it was like, use this, or like, get your virtual address today. And if you check it out, you can actually buy... This is how people scam people. They create a legit business and then scam people and then go bankrupt and take all the money and run because they're in an LLC. They're not liable for anything. So he started a physical, you need a physical address to start a business in the state. 
you know. So he bought a physical address from this company that sells that they, they use addresses. their address. You know, they sell a physical, a virtual address, and so then he uses that to start an LLC in Nevada, and then scams a bunch of people. You know, and I looked him up, and he had like a couple other businesses in the past, and uh, I think I found his house, or I found the house in Florida of the person that of the identity that this person is using to start an LLC. It might not actually be that person. You know what I'm saying? That's how deep it gets. It might be somebody using somebody else's information to start an LLC in another state to scam people all over the nation, older people who are desperate, into giving them all their information so then they can use that information to take out loans, uh, start new LLCs, whatever. It's a whole scam, bro. Wow. And so did he believe, did he eventually acquiesce and be like, oh shit? He was like, well, I'm supposed to go on a job tomorrow. I'm supposed to go out to Arlington. And I'm like, Dad, that's not real. Like, they're going to be like, why did you show up? And he's like, well, you know, I do have to get a good email if I'm going to send him pictures of the job. So because what they were going to have him do is go out to a house, take pictures of the house, send it to that person. And they were going to assess, like, what materials he'll need. And, like, it made no sense if you think about it for a second and a half but he was still like he was like well i'm not gonna go the next day the next morning he's like i'm not gonna go anywhere until i get a good uh email address from this guy he keeps wanting me to go but i'm telling you what i'm not gonna go until i get a good email i'm like dude what do you mean you're not gonna go until you you're never gonna dad it's a scam it's a fucking scam dad That man is the most gullible person on the planet. You've been telling me some stories. Just goes to show, man, if you you can just lie, bro. You can do it mostly legally, too. Especially if you stay within the realm of, like, unregulated activity. You know what I mean? Things that haven't been explicitly, you know, criminalized. Yeah, morality is a construct for the mentally weak. (laughs) Mm. Ooh. Ooh. Oh my God! Ooh. Said like a true Ooh, I'm Satanist. Tweeting that. That's the, that's the shit I like that's to tweet. That's the shit you're gonna tweet, dude. That's the random kind of shit. That's the shit I tweet. Uh, yeah, I got. Uh, did, morality is the what for the mentally weak? Ma- morality is a construct for the mentally weak. I saw. I got followed by uh, on Instagram. You know, the Instagram <laughs> scat scam uh, people are funny. It was being, so this person followed me and it was clearly a fake, you know, like, like a woman's face and it was like crypto, uh, uh, you know, advisor or whatever. Oh, classic. Hell and yeah. then the link on her profile was butt coin. Oh yeah, I saw that on your Instagram. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> they misspelled Bitcoin. Who's not going to notice that? Dude. It's so, a numbers game, I guess. Like there'll be one person. Uh, we had a mutual friend who was following the account. Oh man! Oh, it's boy. always a bummer when you see who you see a friend of yours get scammed or like like buy into it. Maybe they didn't get scammed, but like, yeah. So that's always a, a funny thing, that you know. Or you or you see like the sex bot, and then you're like, you go click the profile to like you know to block <laughs> it or whatever, and it's like followed by you know like two of your friends, and it's like, dude, yeah. you horny old man. That is clearly not human. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, dude. I, you know, is weird. It's a scam that I don't quite understand. Is like, huh. you know, the animatic for Spliff and the Smuggler, Shroom. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hella sex bots 
keep liking it on TikTok every day. And I'm like, what is the... Are they just that assuming so that I'll want to go check, investigate who's like yep. me? I'll see their profile picture and be like, ooh. That's got to be it, right? Yeah. yeah. He's like, this guy animates. He sits in front of a computer all day. There's no <laughs> way he's getting laid. Like, Yeah. He well, probably wants gonna... to fuck, but he can't get any. So here we go. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. That's fire. That's fucking funny, man. That's not fire. That's but... fucking funny, man. That's, that's fucking, fucking funny, funny, man. So, uh, oh, go ahead. No, nothing. <laughs> no, nothing. <laughs> retract it. Retract the statement. Retract. Retracting. Retracting. Well, I was going to ask you guys before, and then I forgot, and then I remembered again. Uh, what's your worst, ex like your worst drug experience? Like, what is the? So, I, I've got, I've got one, and and so. <laughs> but so back in the day I used mm. to I used to always look up the drugs that I was about to do on Arrowhead, you know? And that oh, was Oh yeah, uh, classic I forgot about that website. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That was a good resource. Give you a little idea of what you're in for. Is that you shit know? still around? Pro oh, let's look it up right now. I don't know. Looked like it was made on though? Angel Fire. Arrowhead Mobile, arrowhead.org. Oh shit. It's Documenting the complex relationship between humans and psychoactives. Wow. What? Yep. Still exists. Nice. For whatever reason, I decided that I wasn't going to look this drug up and I was just going to take this person's word for it and just do the pills. And the pills were Suboxone. Have you guys ever heard of Suboxone? Oh heard of it. Mm. So Suboxone is a chemical that you're, or, or it's a drug. I know that what Suboxone is, but yes. Sorry. Is this the heroin thing? Where yeah, you, yeah. Yes. So you okay. use, like, heroin addicts will use it to, when they're like, coming off of heroin and like it's like a way to so they don't get sick and have withdrawals and whatnot exactly so apparently if you were a heroin addict you were supposed to take like a quarter of this pill mm. and this person gave me the pill and i took the whole thing oh, and you know never done shit. opiates before and i just remembered vomiting for like three hours and then oh just like just stuck in the bathroom for like three hours and then i just like got out and i was just like sitting on the couch just the fucking worst taste in my mouth, just super like upset. And then I was like trying to smoke weed and nothing was working. And I was like, man, this is fucking awful. So Suboxone, don't do it. Damn. I'm glad you actually said that story because that reminded me that I did methadone. Mm. Mm. Similar same shit, right? Kind of, which yeah. is the same fucking thing. Same kind of thing. Same thing. Friend gave me back in my younger days. I would just do whatever and ask questions later. Yep. And like an idiot, for whatever reason, I decided to take this new drug that I've never done before and didn't really know anything about it. I took it and went to work. <laughs> oh, God. For whatever fucking You were reason, useless I, that day. Oh, my God, bro. <laughs> I was so fucking sick. I've That is like the worst I've ever felt. And I'm like, oh, this is why I, I, I feel like... I didn't experience any of like the opiate high. I just got the withdrawals. Yeah, I it's like it like creates withdrawals. It's yeah, like, it like gave happening? me withdrawals. Yeah. <laughs> and that was, yeah, that was the sickest, the gross, most disgusting um I felt in my life in a very long time. So it's probably that one and Xanax are probably the other one. <laughs> My Man. first time was, was the Zanny when you were fucking like blacked out on the couch. <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> Naked so as the hell. First time. 
Did you see me that day? I believe so. I seem to remember <laughs> you on the couch in a towel. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Fucking the first time I'm kicking in with these motherfuckers. I'm kicking in with these dudes. It's funny. So the same dudes that gave me the Xanax is the same dude that gave me the methadone who eventually became my roommate who <laughs> was smoking uh, fucking Oxycontin uh, behind my back. And then, yeah, and then that's why I had to move out the lagoon, basically. I think that was, like, the last mm-hmm. one. Oh, yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, gave me it the first time. I think I took, like, half of one. And we were sitting in the studio in the back, and I was like, oh, man, I think I feel that shit kicking in. And it was, like, totally daytime and everything when we were sitting there. And I remember saying, I think I feel it kicking in. I blinked. And then I opened up my eyes and I was laying in bed and it was dark. And my girlfriend's like, we're in for the night. Like we're laying down. So like there's like four or five hours. I have no fucking idea. Uh, completely unaccounted for. Damn. She just all she said was, oh, yeah, you were funny. But didn't tell me what I was saying, what I was doing. That's so unsettling, man. I didn't really give me That's shit. Just... And then my dumb ass. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to try it again. This time I'm going to take half of what I took. I took it took a shower and then i got so fucking tired so tired and those guys were coming over again so i'm like all right i'm gonna sit by the door so that way i'll hear the door because if i sit down back here i'm gonna fall asleep so if i sit down up here by the door i'll hear them (laughs) and it'll be good and yeah they came and they banged on the door and shit and i was right there but i slept all the way through it like yeah dude xanax is a zombie it's like people zombie. on it are like, yeah, zombie, zombie, zombie. that's the song, right? I got too many, yeah. too many mental issues to be uh, going around unaccounted for. Yeah. Not at the wheel. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Rob, Rob do you have any, uh, do you ever take a random drug and just be like, this is awful? Nah, not really. I mean, I've had pretty awful experiences on the standard shit, you know, because I'm yeah. psychologically <laughs> unwell. Uh, man mdma was pretty fun and then like the come down was the worst thing that's uh, uh, like all the weight of all my problems and the world's problems and everything just came down on me so fucking hard i was like wailing in agony of how how much psychological fucking pain i felt i was like well that's not good see that's why i don't really be doing drugs you know what i'm saying i don't need to be I don't know, you know what I mean? I'll do a drug here and there, and yeah. I'm much better now, but that was not a good time for me to be doing drugs, <laughs> period. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then just like mushroom trips where it's just like, I'm like, oh, this place is a fucking pigsty, and I just, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, man. I don't know where I am or anything, you know? Dude, I would try and do like Dishes on mushrooms, it's the fucking worst thing ever. That sounds terrible, <laughs> man. Yeah, you're terrible like you're idea. like chasing a fucking speck of dirt everywhere, you know, as it just oh, moves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awful experience. Mushrooms, yeah. uh, you know. I keep uh coming across friends that are microdosing them. I mean, microdosing mushrooms is the shit. That's yeah, so that's great. Fire. Well, so I've heard great things, but I had such bad experiences with acid and mushrooms that I haven't done them in mm fucking 12 years about oh and god damn so, yeah i smoked dmt for the first time uh a couple months ago after not doing any hallucinogens for like 12 years 
But I hit the DMT pen, and that shit was great. I had a lot of fun with that. DMT. I love DMT. I love all that shit. Yeah, yeah. I want to. I want to do DMT again and like actually break through. Bust. Yeah. Through. Oh so, yeah, because you didn't. No, yeah. Yeah. You gotta. You gotta. Uh, a lot of people say you don't want to smoke it through a bong, but it's like you can. You can just smoke a lot more. I blasted through a couple times. I had like a three foot bong, and we we'd take fat hits Ooh. of it. Ooh. The pure crystal, like Ooh. it looked like little tangerine, like. Like crystal type of, you know, things. Crazy. Fucking baller back in the day. Damn, I used to go dude. to this festival. It was called Earth Dance. And I went three years in a row and it was essentially. <laughs> that is somewhere you would get DMT. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, so the first year I went and I hung out with a buddy and I was like, all right, next year I'm coming. Like, bring me the DMT. Because I t- was telling him, I was like, oh, yeah, I've been looking for like the real shit, the crystal. And he was like, oh, I can get that. And it was just like, all right, well, next year, you know, I'll be back. Bring it. And I didn't think he was going to. And I came in, and he he had these fucking little tangerine colored, like just fat fucking crystals of DMT. Damn, and I was like, so "All right, cool. you ready?" And so we sat down under this giant oak tree, and he mm. fucking packed the bowl full and chalked mm. it up. And I'd hit that shit, and I literally, I like, I laid back, and like by the time my back hit the ground, I had blasted through. Like Ooh. essentially, it was like someone took the oak tree and like wheel of fortune that shit, and we're just like, oh shit. And then I just like started to spin and turned into a vortex and I blasted through it. I thought I was going to piss myself the whole time. It was the only thing that was tying me to like this reality was just like, don't pee yourself. Don't pee yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you should have just peed yourself. You imagine what you would have done? Yo, you could have like had gone the to. most magical, mystical experience. Yeah, yeah dude. You could have gone to unfathomable dimensions if you just uh, let yourself pee a little bit. That's right. true. But then Should've I piddled. was at a festival. It's like the first night. Ah, you know, whatever. like there's no oh, yeah. showers it's, or anything it's, around. It's fucking true. earth, whatever you said. Earth dance. Earth dance. Who gives a you shit? You should have pulled your pants down. <laughs> there you go. Had I your w- dick out. High on DMT. Yeah. So you why weren't you naked at earth dance? I don't understand so, that. Uh, at Earth Dance, they had a, a, this thing called the Calm Down Crew. And the Calm Down Crew was essentially... <laughs> that sounds like the cornbread mafia. <laughs> well, the Calm Down Crew was, uh, uh, you know, employed by the festival, but essentially they would take care of the people who were, you know, had done too many drugs and give them Thorazine. And so we... Mm, we, we gotcha. I don't think they were actually called the Calm Down Crew, but that's what we called them. <laughs> that's a great that's name, a cool name, though. The CDC? Name. Oh, shit. Yeah, CDC, shit. Yeah, oh, so the man. Calm Down crew would have definitely came and Thorazined my ass up if I was pantsless, like, <laughs> and I on That's DMT. probably true. That would but have really I, fucked your DMT trip up. Oh, dude. Yeah. I did mescaline. It was the only time I've ever done mescaline. And we, we were, like, at the campground, you know, and, like, there's some concerts that we're going to go to because it's, you know, music festival. And so we're like, all right, we're going to go down to whatever the, the tent is and stuff. And, you know, I'd taken the mescaline, like, an hour before by the time the mescaline started to come up, I was just like, just standing there and watching the moon rise because it just peeked oh, over the horizon. And dope. they were like, all right, we're going to go over it. I was just like, no, nah, I'm good. And so I stood there and watched the moon for two and a half hours or something oh like God. that. Just me being like, I love it, man. Had the fucking greatest time of my life. It's beautiful. That's the yeah. shit. I fucking love hallucinogens, man. That's mescaline and DMT, I'll fuck with them still. I don't know. I, I, I'll mm. probably do a micro dose, but I don't. My hands. I don't know. Oh. Just... <laughs> Speaking of hallucinogens, can we do a review? Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. Right, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I, I gotta <laughs> give me give me yeah. two seconds because um, what's Pop his face? Uh, Ron. 
Got Did me he fix a new it? sound. Yeah, you got a nice. new sounder. Nice. Are we about to review some drugs? <laughs> well, nah, we're going nah. to review, review a, a movie. And actually, Shroom, I want to get your opinion on it as well. All right. Give me two seconds. Just filibuster for a little while. Uh, Talk more um, about how much I love drugs. Oh, there you go. Well, I've calmed down a lot. Yeah. I feel like. I mean, you've seen. Yeah. I think I've gotten better. Yeah, I think I'm better. I don't know. I'll see yeah. 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 Like like You're yeah. fucking great. You're golden. Yeah, Come I'm on, killing. man. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do drugs sometimes, you know, but for the most part, I don't like not being in some control of myself, I guess. Yeah. Like, I don't know what will pop out is the thing. You know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. know what's lurking beneath that I'm just barely holding down. I feel you on that. Because I'll tell you what, in all the times that I've acted in ways that were completely unpredictable to me, <laughs> and like, oh shit, why did I do that? Like, I don't need to be fucking around by uh, I feel like, my method of control. I feel like, haven't you done like majority of the crazy or drug experimenting with me? Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. Oh yeah, <laughs> the time we did Salvia. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> All Salvia. the weirdest shit I've done with oh, you. Man. I don't think yeah. there was anybody else that I've ever done any weird shit with. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. One hundred percent. Oh, it's too funny. How'd you have it growing up? If you're like most Americans, it was average at, at best. Uh, generally disinterested, emotionally stunted single parent, leaving you to be raised by your tablet and longing for a TV family aesthetic that never comes. Or who knows, maybe you're one of the lucky ones and you just like to relive your happy, non-emotionally scarring youth. Well, either way, your problem is solved with Rent-A-Pop. Here at Rent-A-Pop, we run the gambit of old man rental needs. Our app will walk you through your preferences to match you with the perfect father or grandfather figure to accomplish your desired goals. Maybe you're looking to have a cookout with a Ned Flanders type to call you a sport and ask you how you want your burger cooked. Well, we can do that. Hair tussling package is available a la carte. Or maybe you just like to have coffee with your classic old coot. Have him call you Sonny and tell you how the world used to be and how much things used to cost back in the good old days. Don't worry, he starts getting too heavy-handed with false remembrances of exactly how good those old days were. We can dial back his nostalgia on the fly. So whether you want an old-timer to move slowly and speak with a cryptic wisdom, or whether you want a classic curmudgeon to tell you how everything has gone to shit, and to get off his lawn. Well, Rent-A-Pop has you covered. From middle age to octogenarian. Full of optimistic wisdom to ultra curmudgeonly. We'll take you back. Rent-A-Pop. All right. Are you ready for this? Yeah! Oh, I'm so ready. And now, the Nostalgia Pit Podcast proudly presents Rob's Reviews. What is Rob's <laughs> Reviews? It's exactly that. Rob Snow from the Nostalgia Pit is going to review something. What's he going to review, you ask? How the hell should I know? 
There is no way I could conceivably know. I'm a pre-recorded voice. That was a dumb question, and you should feel dumb for asking it. And now, Rob's Reviews. I love it. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. Shout out Ron, Ron from man. the Outsider Social Club. I love that guy. <laughs> Ron's the man. Name of the film. Well, first off, his daddy is a big deal. Big fan of his daddy. Okay. Ooh, daddy. This issues. is the Lesser Cronenberg, and the wow. movie is called Infinity Pool. Mm. Okay. And James. James. He's a bedwetter. <laughs> I quote that shit all the fucking time. Anytime I hear the name James. <laughs> James. James. <laughs> James. Uh, Sorry, this I is a totally movie. Cut you off. Uh, <laughs> directed by the son of, uh, you know, the man himself, uh, the Cronenberg we all know and love. This is Brandon Cronenberg, his David. son. David. Um, well, his, his dad is David. David Cronenberg. This is his son, Brandon. Brandon. And it stars Alexander Skarsgård and Mia Goth. Uh, those are the people you would probably know. Oh, and uh, Cleopatra Coleman. Uh, those are the people you might know. And it is about a guy who, like, kind of married into money and pursued his dreams of being a writer, but it didn't really, like, pan out. He put out one book, and it wasn't very successful. And he just kind of lives a life of leisure, and his his wife doesn't really do shit. They just go on vacations, pretty much. And they end up going to this one place called... uh. What is it called? Litolka. 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 And it is not a real country, as far as I know. It's a fake country. And I think it's, like, maybe set in the future, possibly, because hmm. there's lots of, like, times where, like, I don't know. They go to a Chinese restaurant, and it's only Litolkans that are at the Chinese restaurant. There's no Chinese people. And then there's also a dance, like a... a some sort of dance, like a Brazilian dance or something, and it's all the tokens there. So it makes me, it gave me the impression, and I could be totally wrong, that like those cultures like don't exist anymore or something. And it's sort of like a fun little like oh. theme park thing that they're doing to like commemorate this culture that once existed or something. I don't know. Huh. I'm just like hmm. totally speculating recklessly. You're, but you're Tolkien. <laughs> I'm just Tolkien, dude. I'm just Lee Tolkien. So anyway, the whole thing is, so he, he meets up with these other rich people who are there and they start partying and shit. And then the dude commits a crime. The writer commits a crime and he gets taken in and everybody's acting. All the rich people are acting like Lee Tolkien's are really dangerous and this is a dangerous area. But they get to, get to jail and you think they're going to get fucking executed. And that's kind of what they make it seem like. But then they bring up the fact that actually, if you want. Oh, spoiler alert, by the way. This is going to be spoil it. Yeah, because he's been spoiling the shit out there. <laughs> I'm just spoiling the shit out of this movie. If you have not seen Infinity Pool, you should definitely <laughs> skip over this skip segment. This. <laughs> skip all this shit. But yeah. the point is, you could. Hey, Selena! No, what's up? They're saying hi. What up? We're waiting too. They're waiting. <laughs> Hello. 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 Oh, nice. Backpack. Yep. That's her photography backpack. It's got all of her photo stuff in it. All right. So tell us about the Lee Tolkens. Yeah. So 
Anyway, you know what? I'm not going to spoil it any further. All right. The point is, I think the movie was very fucking interesting. Go ahead. Because you, you, Shroom showed me the movie. So I want to get his opinion on it. Oh, you, that's funny. Yeah. So you guys finished it. We did. Okay. Word. In order to review a movie, don't you have to spoil it? Like that's what I know, yeah. Because I don't want to spoil the fucking movie, but spoil like, how am I going to tell the fucking movie, dude? Spoil that shit. All right, fuck it. All right, fuck it. Here we go. This is that's Rob's reviews. You make the rules. I'm gonna yeah, fucking spoil the shit out of it. I don't give a fuck spoil about these people. Spoil but that fuck bitch. y'all. You know, you should have seen it. I guess. It. Right. So anyway, that's on you. What movie? So he gets to the detention center after he's committed this crime, and it turns out he has the option: you can either be executed, or you can pay money for them to create an exact doppelganger of you to be executed. And then you have to watch them get executed. So then, I mean, naturally, if you can pay to have this doppelganger created to be executed instead of you taking any accountability, these rich people are just buck wilding, dude. They're fucking going buck wild on this island and never getting held accountable because they can just keep paying to get their doubles. And so the... It brings up a lot of philosophical issues. I was going to say, it sounds familiar. And mm. like one of the issues is like, it, are they the real thing then? Or are they the doubles? Like, how do they know? Like, they, like you would never know. And then also, like, how would you behave if you had absolutely no, like, consequences, consequences at all? And then another thing is, they were acting like Lee Tolkien's were so dangerous. And it shows like the resort that they're at has this gate with all this barbed wire around it. No, 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 no. The leaked tokens are not the dangerous ones. The rich assholes who can pay to get their doubles made are the real fucking problem. They're keeping those guys in. They're not allowed to leave because they're such a fucking danger to society. And then finally, it's like, this is what tourism is, though. Like, this is just yeah. a very, very like oh, superficial ooh. allegory like for what tourism just actually is. You know, like these mm -hmm. rich assholes come in, trashing the fucking place, doing whatever they fucking feel like, mm -hmm. leaving destruction in their wake, and then they leave and they're like, oh, those dirty people in the third world. You know what I mean? But That's so real. they're like literally causing the problems. Mm. But anyway. Interesting. Yeah. It was a good movie, but you know, shouldn't watch it anymore because I just fucking spoiled the shit out of it. So <laughs> I, just... <laughs> I don't mind. All right, I'm going to let you guys. Okay, bye. Thanks for Bye. Good seeing you. Okay, before uh, we talk any further, and because it's already been spoiled, so I, I went to um, <laughs> the the plot on Wikipedia, which you know yeah. every now and then I'll, I'll just go read the plot of a movie. So I'm not going to read the plot of this movie, but I am, however, going to highlight just the few words, the handful of words that uh, uh, have um, hyperlinked. Okay, mm. mm -hmm. not first word hand job, second yes. word cloned, third yes. word libertine, <laughs> fourth. Orgies. Yeah. I don't know what libertine is in that context, but hand job and clones and orgies all track. All those line up. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. so funny. I thought libertine too. I was like, well, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means there. A libertine but. is a person devoid of most moral principles, a sense oh, of responsibility no. or yep. sexual restraints, well, which they see as unnecessary or undesirable, and is especially someone who ignores or even spurns accepted morals and forms mm -hmm. of behavior observed by the larger society. Well, that couldn't be more apropos. Libertines, yes. all of them. Yes. And, yes. and then you have drugged state, hallucinations, breastfeed, mm -hmm. and monsoon. 
the one thing, Shroom, I really want to get your fucking opinion. By the way, all of those words basically describe the plot. That's that's very well, much so. That's exactly I, you it. You know, as as I've I've explained before, you know, like when I was a kid reading a book, you just see the word sex on the page and it's just like your eyes instantly went there. So it was like hand job <laughs> is hyperlinked. And I was like, you don't see those yeah. that word written very uh-huh. often. But sorry, go ahead. Uh <laughs> So there's this scene when he's on the drug, the hallucinogen. And this is why it's related to our conversation. Because mm. they do this uh, Lee Tolkien hallucinogen uh, that you like crush some shit up and then set it on fire and then breathe in the smoke. Sounds and it tasty. Is this crazy hallucinogen, I guess. Mm. But in his trip, he was sucking on Mia Goth's nipple. And there was some weird shit going on with the nipple, dude. Something really strange was going on with the nipple. What was that about? <laughs> like, I guess I could, like, make up the metaphor. Like, it, it's like, you know, because there was, like, pus coming out of it. And it was like, it's a Cronenberg thing. I guess it runs in the family. So I, that's literally what I just took that as. Yeah, it's like, like body horror. It was, like, pulsating and, like, pus was coming out of it. Because that's what they do. Like, all of their movies have that general theme or have some sort of, oh, there's a body dysmorphia sort of thing going on. Yeah. And I think that that was just in there. I think, yeah, that particular part was just to be like, these guys are high and they're fucking, you know, (laughs) and they don't even care that there's goop oozing out of this motherfucker's (laughs) nipple. Like, they still fucking. That was a very goopy nip. Yeah, that, um, uh, you know, another thing, I don't know if I was talking to you about this, but, uh, with them also, those guys, like they're big on transformations, you mm, know, like mm-hmm. a lot of their movies have to do with or have some sort of transformations. 100%. Yeah. You know, and I think that cause that orgy is like a turning point in the movie for how like much crazier i mean shit just got didn't he yeah because he gets crazy as fuck after that if i remember correct yeah because they have they have the orgy is that wait is that before that he kidnapped himself and was beating himself up no that was after, after. right no 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 i'm uh, sorry no the orgy yeah the orgy was before and then they're beating this thing this guy up they think it's the guard or the detective they think it's the detective and then it's, it's really re- James. They take the hood off and it's actually him. It's a double yeah. of him. And he's like, what yeah. the fuck? So yeah, that, that orgy is like a turning point of the movie and it's a transformation. I think it signifies the transformation of like, not only is shit about to get more philosophically fucked up, but like, yeah, the rabbit hole just got way deeper from then on out. I mean, that that's when the fun was over after that orgy, basically, right. because they go get high and they beat dude up thinking that it's the detective but really it's clone it's James shit. and then it just turns yeah and then it's just all fucked up fuckery from there on out so and that actually makes sense of the nipple though because a little bit because it's like the because Mia Goth had represent this represented this like this like chance for vitality this mm-hmm. opportunity for like new experience and like comfort in the way that he wasn't getting it from his wife like and then, but but that's that was all fake. Mia Goth was like setting him up to abuse him. Mm-hmm. So he's like sucking on her nipple like a babe sucking, you know, comfort from the teat. You know what I'm saying? But that comfort is rancid. It's not right. No. It's See, like, and they, boom. And that yeah, makes sense because Brandon Cronenberg was big on visual visual metaphors. 
you know? His directing was very much like, was creating visual metaphors and foreshadowing what was coming and, you know, so. So, yep, so fire. That's, yeah, so yeah, that's My that. favorite part <laughs> of the movie, though, is after all that shit he went through, all that crazy ass shit that the other rich people put him through, they're on the bus back to the airport and all of these rich people are in their sweats and they're just talking about like what they're going to do when they get home and how fun it all was and they hope to see each other next year. Like nothing happened, you know? But James, he can't get it out of his fucking head. He's like fucked up about this. He can't participate in this conversation or even go back to his real life. So he stays back at the hotel, which is closed for monsoon season. And he's just chilling at the hotel all by himself in the hotel season. I'm also still trying to figure out that bit because he stays in the hotel at the end. And the whole thing, they made this big deal about them closing the resort because of these storms and that there was a whole ritual with the masks about summoning like a spirit of protection or some shit. And then they're wearing the masks later and he stays at the resort during rainy season. I feel like there's some sort of like symbolism there that I'm not quite like putting mm. together. Damn. And I don't remember the ending that well. That's fucked up. I don't remember that part that well. That's crazy. I don't remember how it ends. I do remember them talking and playing it off like they had a great time. But yeah. I, yeah, I, I forget the, the ending. I, they, I like see glimpses of it now, him standing there. Because he originally, like, they're supposed to leave, but then his wife just leaves because James is like, I don't know where my passport is. Passport is. I can't find my passport. And I'm having a lot of fun and blah, blah, blah. But then he does know where his passport is. He had hit it. He, he put it. Yeah, he hit it. Yeah. So he grabbed his passport and was about to leave. And then after that, that experience of those people acting like everything was normal and casual, he was just like, fuck it. I'm, I, I can't. I can't leave. So there was a continual thing of him like trying to leave and not being able to or not wanting to or choosing not to like there was a thing there i don't know and i think the way i first interpreted it was that he realized that they had so they had made this big deal about how dangerous the lee tokens were and he realized and how like you know poor and destitute they were you know he realized he was no better than the lee tokens so he stayed he, he realized that he was as much a victim of these rich people as they were. And he was absolutely no better than this image they had of them. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so he stayed there, but separated because he's in the resort and not allowed to leave. There we go. I don't know. That makes a lot of sense though. I've totally vibe with that because at the, I feel like that is the takeaway or the overall moral of the story, you know, is like, he was just as pompous, fucking arrogant. Mm hmm. You know what I'm saying? A mooch, like living off of whatever, taking whatever, doing whatever, and then have this whole traumatic experience. The thing that separated him from everybody else that was there is that everybody else has money and is somebody of status. Right. Whereas he's like a leech. You know right. what I'm saying? Leeching off of his wife. Right. So it's like he doesn't have shit. And yeah, he's just been reborn, what, three fucking times. Right, right. It's like he goes to close the suitcase. He's got like, what, like three or four urns in it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, well, one, you get into a point where there's like, 
you could easily lose track of like if he's the real one or like the original or not. 100 fucking percent. Because there was also that scene where they're in the executor the 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 detention center right and and they're all like yelling about like when when are we gonna get out of here like you know like Mm -hmm. we've been in here forever blah blah and then they get taken and they're like we're gonna do something different this time since you seem to not be able to learn your lesson and so they stand them up and then they cut all their throats and you're like oh what the fuck it's only like halfway through the fucking movie right and then it pans over and they're all in the audience watching their doubles get executed so that was one point at which, and that was, I think it was the only time where they showed mm-hmm. from the doubles perspective what they were going through. And, right. And so it's like, why couldn't it be possible that, like, at some point, the real fucking James got his throat slit or he got his face beaten to death by the other James? Right. Have you guys seen Westworld? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, some of the similar themes, but sure, but not, yeah, yeah. But, but not all. But that idea of like... I haven't. You haven't watched it? Oh, man, you should it. watch it. It's fucking great. Mm, it's a like fucking it. head trip, man. Uh, the first season is is like one of the best seasons of television you'll ever watch. And then Ooh. the second season is really good, but, you know, strays a little bit. It. The problem is that um, it's tackling such deep... And and broad like well not broad but such a uh, uh, all encompassing content uh, concepts of like consciousness and things like that to where it's like the average person can't follow it so I don't think I've I like really understood season two until I watched it the second time through but it's like one of those it's kind of like you know a tenant type of thing where there's just a lot happening and so it's going to take you a little while to absorb everything but. Just these ideas of like what is free will and free will and also like the concept that like the the you know the Lee Tolkens are like savages or something like that, or and then being told that there's something and then you find out that they're actually something else. Like in Westworld, yeah, there's like all of these it's essentially rich people can go to this resort and all these, you know, and just do whatever they want. And they're like allowed to be a cowboy. And, like, you can just rape people with no consequences or kill people with no consequences. It doesn't matter. And then you can just go home, you know? And um, I don't want to spoil too much of it because I highly recommend watching it. But um, You can tell me because it takes me forever to start TV shows. So yeah. well, I probably won't watch it again for another year. But <laughs> Yeah, there, there's just a moment where um, essentially one of the clones type, you know, the, the bots... Uh, becomes sentient and can essentially like is aware of like what's happening to them and all of their different lives because so what happens is each person is killed and then they're brought into like a like a lab essentially and brought back to life and reset right and then they're put back out into the park and so and they're supposed to not retain any memory of the previous like session or like you know they're supposed to be brand new blank just like got their lines and like you know what I'm saying right it's a fucking great show man I want to go watch it again but I don't want to pay for Max Max a million man I have Max I should yeah I'll check that out it's fucking good check it out (laughs) I mean you got a lot of shit to do you got New York City at your hands you know I mean how often do you want to just be diving into you know 15 hours of a saga you know and binge watch shit you know I guess that'll be good for the winter yep I'm a Oh man, I'm excited for the winter. <laughs> I was gonna sit 
the fuck down. Even though I haven't been like doing much, like I'm still like out doing shit. It's crazy. It's weird. Dude, you're doing so much shit. Like I see your stories. You're always eating shit. You're always out places. <laughs> you can't if if you don't do much, like then I don't do anything. Like literally Yo. anything. I've been to one concert. Well, like two concerts in the last couple of years, and it's just because homies, you know, had like convinced me to go. I guess four concerts, but two, <laughs> two of them I got paid to go to. You know what I'm saying? Hey, hey, not money, but you know, food. That's hey. some, that, that counts that, as money. That's some, that definitely counts. It's as currency. Money. Hey, eating in San Francisco costs hundreds of dollars. So if I wouldn't have gotten free food by being in San Francisco, I would have spent a hundred bucks on food. Easy Yo, in one in one the day. Realest shit. Out here, it's crazy. Yeah, that's like, it's funny. Ever since I uh, haven't been drinking, fucking all my money goes to the fucking food now. I'm, <laughs> I'm eating out more. So I'm like, yeah. it's fucking ridiculous. I'm like, that shit was supposed to go down. But see, now I'm not like drinking and eating out. Right. Now I'm right. just eating Because you out. were still going out to eat, you right. know, just on top of that, having drinks. Yeah. Right. But now you're having $15 mocktails with you. <laughs> Dude. Right. I shouldn't. As soon as I saw her, because she, there's a store out here. It's basically a mocktail store. They sell oh, shit? fake, uh, non. They sell non-alcoholic fucking whiskey, different types of whiskeys. What? They sell non-alcoholic vodka, <laughs> non-alcoholic tequila. All of this what? shit tastes like the real fucking thing, but it doesn't have any alcohol in it. That's blowing my mind, bro. I didn't know there was non-alcoholic fucking whiskey. They have non-alcoholic whiskey wow. out there. Because I used to work right next to the store. So they'd give us, they'd have like samples outside all the fucking time. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to try this shit. Like, I'm going to try it because it's free. You know what right. I'm saying? Of course. I'm like, I can't believe it's not tequila looking ass, <laughs> motherfucker. <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> Yo. So when uh, I was there at the bar and shit, and I'm like, yo, and usually I just get like a ginger ale or something. But for whatever fucking reason, I'm like, yeah, I'll get a mocktail. And since I chose those words, she goes and she like reaches up on the shelf and she's like grabs a thing of tequila. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck? I just said, <laughs> she's like, oh, it's spiritless tequila. I'm like, the fuck? Oh, I'm like, oh, I forgot that's a thing. Oh, all right, I guess. And I was like, I was getting it. So that I can like be social and not be drinking. And so I just right. like I have something, you know, O'Doul's effect, whatever the fuck. Right. But then like I should ask her how much that is as she was making it. And I'm like, man, it can't be no more than like four or five dollars. You, you know? would think it's not alcohol. You know what I'm like? I didn't yeah. think. But no, because they put that shit in it. That shit was the price of an actual drink. That's crazy, bro. Don't punish sober people what are you doing <laughs> like, i mean de-incentivize people to be sober like give them the deal man well, you know, yo, four bucks dude you can have, That's you can have mocktails without fucking non-alcoholic spirit well yeah i mean you can get like soda and bitters or you know whatever the fuck yeah well i mean there's a lot there's there's whole mocktail like it's a big thing you know people don't want to drink as much in the younger generation um, being raised by alcoholics for generations. I mean, surprise, <laughs> people don't want to drink as much. No, oh, I wonder know? if that's why that's happening right now. Oh, dude, it's... I There's mean, a lot of not as many drinkers out there. Well, yeah. A, they don't have the money for it. B, oh, yeah, they that. saw their parents, you know, act like absolute idiots. And then, you know, when we live in the internet age, you can check on people's hypocrisies constantly by just looking things up. And so mm -hmm. when we were, you know, 
kids back in the day, it was just like, oh, this is my word. This is the truth. Mm. And it's like, you as a kid, you're like, I can't dispute that. And now like you go and you give your fucking eight-year-old a cell phone and the the eight-year-old can look it up and just be like, you're wrong. And then they're like, oh, Mm -hmm. uh, 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 uh." Mm. yeah. I just drink soda water and lime, man. It's free. It's genius. Yeah. That's what I'm doing now because fuck that shit. I I had a, so we were at, uh, we were on Beacon Hill the other day in Seattle and I got a shrub. Have you ever had a shrub before? Mm Mm-mm. It's like a, uh, essentially like a non-alcoholic cocktail, but it's like, dis- it's drinking vinegar. What? Right? And so, so the, the bar in Seattle is a fantastic bar called The Oak. I don't know if you've ever been there on Beacon Hill, but it's, you know, they have really good fried chicken. Apparently their burgers slap mm. and, you know, their, their cocktail menu seems to be good. They had a blueberry shrub and let me pull up the exact definition of a shrub. A definition. Definition. Yeah, you might um, have to send me that because blueberry shrub. Blueberry shrub. Blueberry shrub. So a uh, yeah, exactly. Blueberry shrub. <laughs> Seventeen. So one type of shrub is made from a fruit liqueur, Ooh. typically made with rum or brandy. So actually, there might have been booze in the one that I got because I felt a little fuzzy after, and I haven't had booze in a long time. But that well, this said, traditional blueberry shrub recipe is apple cider vinegar, maple syrup, and carbonated water. Yep. Ooh. Yep. Yep. So it's ah. and they're drinking yeah. vinegars. Drinking vinegar is often infused with fruit juice, herbs, spices, and used in mixed drinks. Hmm. But for whatever reason, I got this beverage, and I think it was non-alcoholic. But at the same time, I think it might have been alcoholic. So I'm not really sure. But they, you know, I was like, this one doesn't have booze in it. And my, I didn't ask the bartender. I asked my buddy. Who I was there with, he said it didn't have booze in it. I think he lied. To me. No, I'm kidding. He didn't lie. You to got me. lied to. I got lied to, and then I was dosed. You lied to me. Damn, this yeah. is delicious. Oh, dude, fuck, fuck I with it. Soaked my balls in that. Mm. <laughs> Some vinegar, vinegar soaked testes. <laughs> that might actually be cracking, dude. It was delicious. That I will say that like it had an alcohol essence. But it didn't taste like alcohol at all. And I mean, I enjoyed it thoroughly. If it did have any alcohol in it, it was like a very, very light, very, very small percentage. So uh, shout out to that bar. Uh, apparently Wiz's buddy owns it. So Wiz knows everyone. Wiz does know everyone. Shout That's out true. everyone. Wiz does know everyone. And shout out Wiz. Wiz, shout out Wiz, for the listening audience, he made our podcast art. He made the artwork for the original uh, Macho Man Randy Savage ruining your childhood T-shirt, classic. And uh, you know he is—he you could hear his voice on the Porterhouse commercial, Porterhouse. and <laughs> he's also the inspiration for uh, Gary's Amateur Taxidermy. Oh, really? Hey, yeah. hell yeah! Yep. Oh, I could see that. Yep, yep. I mean, we got what Wiz, we got Vaughn, we got Selena. They—they're all inspirations for some of the commercials you know i want to say that everything comes out of my brain but sometimes i'm just regurgitating something that someone else told me at one point well perhaps you should try confidently lying i should man i should just embellish hey did you know that i got a master's at hartford (laughs) hartford yeah that shit's so crazy and people yeah dude it's real though. There was like one George night. Santos or whatever, like yes. a politician. Yes. Anyway, sorry, uh, man. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, you good? No, I was hanging out with uh, some coworkers one night. We were just hang drinking and shit, 
And they were talking about how, like, they like to r- lie to random people and they'll just make up, like, a whole fucking story, like, a whole thing. Like, oh, yeah, well, I moved here from Massachusetts when I was six and with my <laughs> family and fuck? we had some, uh, we had goats back in Massachusetts, but now we're here <laughs> hurting goats and shit. I don't know, man. Like, they were just talking about that shit. And I'm like, yo, I'm the type where I want to be the most authentic person you know be the most genuine i can be yeah but then you got other motherfuckers out here who are just trying to be the most deceitful motherfucker they can be or just i just don't understand that like how does that not weigh on you though oh being deceitful like well that? uh do you guys know or have you ever like watched any interviews with robert pattinson are you familiar uh, with, with this whole no. concept is this he, uh the twilight dude right yeah yeah so he uh he got called out on it, but it makes a lot of sense. But he just will lie in interviews and just like give like some backstory <laughs> about some crazy childhood. And yeah. it's like different every time. But it's just like from his perspective, it's just like I'm stuck with doing these fucking media things. And yeah, I have to I'm talk gonna make to these these, fun. You know, just like I'm just gonna like yeah, he see. just turns it into like a thing on his own end. And so for him, I get it when you're being like constantly like like you want to be an actor. I do that. But like, you know, even like if you want to be an actor, you want to be an athlete, like no one wants to talk to the media like that, like all the time or or very few people do. Yeah, well, I feel that. You know, I like to do I this. Feel that. Yeah, I like to do this podcast and I like to um, interview people, but I don't know if I would want to necessarily interview people in like a mainstream setting. Then again, I, I don't know about that. I could do the Sean Evans thing. I could do I could do some hot ones. Oh, that would be great. I mean, if we could transition to a sean evans type con uh, uh what's it called like challenge interview <laughs> i like that <laughs> have him uh take shots of malort yes back back. yes weird liquors weird take liquors sh- escalating and oh uh, my god and then by the end of it they're fucking drunk yeah 10 shots <laughs> <She's> just, yeah. <laughs> that'd yeah. be funny that'd be funny yeah i be bet fun. we could get you know a lot of recovering alcoholics to yeah. come on there and break oh, their no. streaks i think our show would be a little bit of a shit show but you know that's called ruining your adulthood yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> spin off spin off yeah now that's branding it. i like now that. that's branding <laughs> It's the roaring 2020s, and things are more complex and fast-paced than ever. The simple act of hooking up at a bar is increasingly complicated. Spending hours drinking and chatting, only to find out the other person has a kink that's just a bridge too far. Or is it you that have a particular set of proclivities, and you're nervous to mention them because it could result in kink shaming? These are just a few of the cumbersome issues that can be easily simplified with the law firm of Lovegood, Thrustworthy, and Bangman. Here at Lovegood, Thrustworthy, and Bangman, we're here to help. From boilerplate preference establishment. So we will have you check here to opt into oral, or check the box below that to opt into oral only if it's reciprocated. Down to the BDSM department, we're the firm for your comprehensive sexual contracting. The simplest of issues, like what is off and on the list of things you're willing to be called in bed, to more complex things like limits and boundaries for that date that likes it rough. I understand both of you have signed the butt plug waiver then. We here at Love Good, Thrustworthy, and Bangman ensure everyone feels safe. 
and satisfied. And here under subsection 7, you'll see the word spreader bar. We're the only major firm that lists anal as an opt-in instead of an opt-out. That's right, no more unintentional sphincter penetration because you forgot to check a box. That's our butthole guard guarantee. And as always, safe word negotiation is free at Lovegood, Thrustworthy, and Bangman. Banana. Again, <clears throat> banana. Safety, satisfaction, and simplicity. Those are the three S's of Lovegood, Thrustworthy, and Bangman, your sexual attorneys. All right, I got one more story uh, for you guys. All right, let's hear it. About Roland the Farter. You guys know about Roland the Farter. Roland Emmerich was also a farter? He was known for that? Roland Emmerich knew how to fart. No, I'm just kidding. We're talking about the fartist. Talking about the flatulist. The flatulists. I don't know any of this. This sounds awesome. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm excited. So Roland the Farter was, uh, I mean, he had a bunch of different names. Roland the Fartu, Roland the Petur. Uh, was a medieval entertainer who achieved unusual degree of fame during his time. He lived during the reign of King Henry II of England in the 12th century and is remembered for his unique and somewhat bizarre talent of being able to fart on command. Nice. Yeah, so Roland, you know, he would get down. He was gifted... Um, <laughs> he would get down. <laughs> he would get down. He was gifted a uh, 100 acres Whoa. of land... By King Henry II for farting on cue. Uh, you know, I'm telling you, I was born in the wrong time. Yo, facts. Some that means that presumably there's some family out there that are heirs to that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that like they are living on the land that was gifted to a guy that farted. Yeah, I just just I love the concept of like you're a king. And you're but, just like, oh, this guy made me laugh. Here's a hundred acres, sir. And it's just like the people that owned that before were like, wait, what? Yeah, comedy really hadn't got its feet up, or, you know, it hadn't gotten off the ground yet, uh, totally. Uh, yes. So, yeah, he was- And getting, I love how- Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I had to get my two cents in. I love how this motherfucker got a hundred <laughs> acres for farting. I couldn't get 40 in a fucking mule. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? For, for my heart. For your fucking labor. ass off. That's right. Working <laughs> my fucking ass off. But oh, I, oh man, <laughs> yeah. If, if you had done it with a little bit more sense of body humor, maybe, <laughs> maybe. The the thing about it that I'm concerned about though is yeah. that this is the 12th fucking century. All right. Yeah. Oh, they gross. do not have gross. in 12th century Europe good food or standards of like hygiene. Hygiene. And preparation of food and shit. Like, he shit his pants all the time, dude. He had oh, to have. God. There's no way that you're going to command your farts in the 12th century and not shit your pants. Come this on, This man dude. was walking around with shit caked to his asshole. And I'm sure a lot of people were. I'm sure he wasn't the only one. That was probably pretty normal to be walking around with shit between your cheeks. Well, he, he was a lowly servant. He was a jester, you know? That's just ridiculous. So I mean... Especially, like, if you're in, in the circle of, like, royalty, they ate the worst shit. They ate the most, like, fatty, oh, right. you know, salted meats. They had gout probably all the time. Like, Yeah, they did have gout all the time. <laughs> dude, I watched this movie called the, the Favorite, I think it was called. And it was about Queen Mary. I don't know. Anyway, it was, like, from 
that era, kind of. And the amount of nasty shit that, like, she would get like sores because she was eating so much bullshit and like laying around too much. And then they would put like rotten meat on her sores to try to draw up the infection. It's disgusting. These people were fucking animals, man. Dude, it was disgusting. Was that the movie where she had those rabbits? Mm-hmm. She had like hella rabbits. Uh, I don't think so. Maybe. Maybe. Didn't she have like an assistant or something? She did. She had an assistant. Emma Stone was in it. Who I like, worked her way up to being her yes. assistant. That's the one. Yeah. And I think yeah. you're right. I think there were rabbits. Yes, yes, yes. I don't recall the rabbits. I'm just, I was so focused on how many disgusting things were happening all the time on yeah. a normal, regular basis. It just yeah, made it out to be movie. real gross to be around at that time. I've told you, I think it was like one of the first episodes where we talked about cod pieces mm, and the origins mm-hmm. of cod pieces was mm-hmm. literally to block the scent of your gangrenous dick. Your fucking schmegma. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, because no one would wash their shit. So that's so crazy, bro. Yeah. So uh, going back to uh, Roland here, Mr. Emmerich. So he was first <laughs> in service to King Henry the first, then King Henry the second. Damn, he got <laughs> inherited. <laughs> a later king, supposedly King Henry the third, however, was not amused by Roland's talents, and on the grounds that his service was indecent. The crown took his land and manor back. Oh, oh. so never mind on the family thing. Okay. Yep, exactly. So, you know, we didn't get Damn. to that part. But. That's fucked up, though. Come on, man. That's no takesy-daxies. Yeah, for real, though, man. Like, Look, two generations fuck with this guy. Like, <laughs> Yeah. He's, this guy's like, ah, you're hack. Your shit's hack. Two get generations. I mean, th- those kings were probably, you know, five years each. And because the life expectancy of people was 25, <laughs> you know, because everything right. was so fucking dirty. But, but, uh, so I want to give you guys a little history on fartists. So <laughs> let's hear about it. So farting in the Middle Ages was a much more <laughs> complex act than in this century, then as now. Much of what the do humor. You mean? What does that fucking mean? I'm, yeah, uh, I, hey. yeah, that was that was a lot. <laughs> How can it be more complex or less complex? You just fucking have some gas and you let it out. <laughs> I'm just reading here, okay? I didn't write this, okay? So, the humor of farts had to do with anxiety over uncontrollable bo- uh, bodies and the hilarious reminder <laughs> that everyone, even the loftiest in feudal society, could not escape them. But there was a more sober philosophical side to medieval farts. One that isn't so evident today. Uh, quote, gas is the product of decomposition, so morally, theologically, a lot of writers in the Middle Ages saw it as the mark of death. There was a mor- lot of moralization about farts and shit that they are the living daily reminder that we are going to die, and that's all we are. We are mortal and sinful as well. So apparently, in the medieval times, they were very focused on the idea of death because they would only live to be 25 and hence yeah so that's super interesting too because like one of the basis or bases basises i don't know mm-hmm. uh of morality could be thought to be cleanliness or like cleanliness is godliness and god is empty just <laughs> like me <laughs> sorry uh, smashing pumpkins don't be sorry don't be sorry 
but yeah, like, uh, I think that's fucking fascinating. Like, if you say, ew, that's gross, well, then it's immoral. Yeah. You know? I think there's definitely, like, a strong basis of, like, ick factor that influences moral constructs, as you would say, for the weak-minded. All right, so the tradition appears to go back even further. St. Augustine of Hippo, writing in the his... Uh, what I assume it's a book, City of God, in the 5th century, noted people who could, quote, produce at will such musical sounds from their behind without any stink that they seemed to be singing <laughs> from the region. Oh. And like well, fart that humor, is interesting. Okay. Yeah. And like fart humor in general, it's not limited to Western culture. In her book, um, this author, Alan, uh, mentions an illustrated scroll based on the King of Farts, a tale from Japan's Kamakura era, I'm probably mispronouncing that, which was the 12th century to uh, 14th century. And featuring one, Hukotomi no Oribi, God, I need to learn how to speak other languages, who performed fart dances for the uh, aristocracy and trump trumped his neighbor, Toda, who tried to mimic his ma the master farter, but soiled himself instead. Ah, ha, ha, he shit so his people pants. would try I'm to imitate. You, yeah, Damn, people try to Hell imitate yeah. and just shit themselves. <laughs> See, I guess it does take a unique talent. All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the King of you Farts was a, a fictional tale, but there were actual documented flatulists at work in Japan by, uh, by the 1700s. During the Edo period, Tokyo streets were full of mizemono, attractions that sometimes mm. featured the kind of people that would later populate freak shows. Uh, one of the most popular misemono stars was a man named Kirifuri, meaning the mist. His full name was Kirifuri Hanasaki Otoko, meaning the mist descended flower blossom man. Huh. So <laughs> that is <Damn>. fucking. <laughs> that's a beautiful way of describing a fart. I'm not gonna. Lie. Oh, that's to <laughs> describe a fart. Okay. Yeah. The mist descended flower blossom is good. The, the fart. Yeah, I've never dealt man. with a fart that I would describe like that. It's like. mist descended, descending flower blossoms. Yeah. Uh, not. I mean, they missed. I mean, we've seen UV farts before. We right. we know that that shit. Comes oh, they were out. like ahead of their time. How did they even know? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know? So this person in 1774 demonstrated his ability to take in quantities of air and release it in modulated, flatulent areas. It's late in the game for this. Yeah. So he queefed out of his butt, basically. Yes, exactly. Is, is yes, exactly. So uh, the, the next big big name in farting um, was big a Marseille. Big name in farting? Yes. Yeah. This is, I mean, they're famous <laughs> flatulists. Las Vegas for a fucking month. Right. Borderline. This Gotta man was from Marseille. Yeah, he called yeah. himself... Uh, <laughs> He's, uh, yeah, it's uh, Britney Spears' opening act is uh, is <laughs> Roland. Yeah, he's jumping around, whistling and tooting. Yep. Um, so, Le uh, <laughs> Petoman, um, literally the maniac farter, was a uh, young was Joseph Pujol, the son of a baker, discovered his talent when swimming near his home. Wait, did you say his name is Pujol? Did Joseph you fucking just say that his name is fucking Pujol, man? P yeah, I thought that too. I was P just about to say. P-U-J-O-L, yeah. Joseph Pujol. <laughs> wow. What the fuck, bro? You, yeah. It was meant to be. If it's your name's Pujol, That's you're going to be a flatulist. So, um, <laughs> so he would just take in a deep breath and dive under the waves when he felt a cold sensation creeping up his back passage. It was seawater, 
which he'd inhaled, quote unquote, with his sphincter. At first, Pujol used his talent to shoot water (laughs) incredible distances as far as five meters by the time he was an adult, but soon (laughs) discovered that he could take in air and release it how he wanted. After a career in the army where his talent naturally blossomed, he began performing. This is a fake story, man. You just made this one up. This is a chat GPT thing. Hey, man, I'm reading off Atlas Obscura, man. I don't know exactly, you know, but I, last time I heard that. <laughs> Come were on. Pujol shot Poo water hole. five feet out of his butt. Yeah. And then gained, <laughs> gained uh, fucking, he rose to prominence in the military with his flatulence. Five meters. Actually, no, he didn't. Five meters. Than five, feet. Oh, five meters. Fifteen shit. feet of anal water expulsion. So he, yeah. what he's the a fuck? Super, he's the original super soaker. Like people, he was, I just, uh. Okay, anyway, go ahead. No Pujol. Way, yeah. More about Pujol. Let's hear about him. All right. So after a career in the Army where his talent naturally blossomed, naturally. he began performing at local That's... music halls, tooting out La Marseille and Eau Claire de Lune and no, doing impressions. This is a fake fucking story. You can't do... <laughs> Dude, I have a photo of him, okay? Look at this. I'm a... You can't do Claire de Lune out of your butt, bro. That's what it's you not think, a bro. Thing. Look at that guy. Oh, Wow. So, so by the time he made it to Paris in <laughs> 1892, the, wait, it says Claire de Lune. He he's saying Claire de Lune, but and did impressions and doing unquote, impressions with his asshole in quotations. Yeah. What Anal the fuck impressions. impressions was he doing? Anal impressions. <laughs> he, he was he was uh, he'd spread his cheeks and and uh, dip it in ink <laughs> and then put his butthole on the paper. <laughs> oh, what was that scene in Ace Ventura where he's like, "Do you have any butt knocker?" <laughs> <laughs> by the way, do you have a mint? Perhaps some banaka? Banaka? Yeah, I need banaka. Dude, that was the shit back in the day. You just spread. Yeah, that shit. What uh, happened to that stuff? Fell the fuck off. I don't know. Dude, it's being used. It's being weaponized too many times. Oh, fucking. Oh, yeah, and people could weaponize it. You don't want to aerosol. An aerosol was bad. I want some aerosolized uh, breath mint mist. Okay. So he did a 90-minute show. Okay, so here's here's the quote about it. He dressed in a tuxedo and announced each sound as if he were presenting a musical solo. Of course, the incongruence of a dignified gentleman letting farts only added to the humor. Uh, that was written by Jim Dawson, musical journalist and self-titled fartologist, who was the author of Who Cut the Cheese in 1999 and oh Blame God. It on the Dog in 2006. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this is a fake article! This hey. was written in the onion. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, this shit's fire. Dude, the Jim Dawson is a real person who cut the cheese. A cultural history of the fart is a real book. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So, Pujol, oh. <laughs> he didn't only toot out songs and impressions of thunder, he could smoke a cigarette with his bottom and blow out candles and even the gas jets in the footlights. Some women fainted. <laughs> Lore has it that the Moulin Rouge stationed nurses in the aisle, but audience members of both sexes roared with laughter. <laughs> you know, I was at a, an open mic at this place that is no longer in existence. It was called Mr. Ch- uh, Spot's Chai House. In Ballard. Hey. And a comedian was doing, he was like a featured performer. And so he was doing like a long set. And it wasn't, it was kind of like not really going all that well or as well. You know how comedians are. It wasn't going as well as he wanted it to go. And he, I think he was kind of losing the audience. So he said, and he was clearly drunk. He said he would uh, smoke a cigarette out of his butthole. 
and every and that was pretty funny. That got the audience going. But then he did grab a c- cigarette, and then he did turn around, and he did p- take his pants down, and he did put the cigarette in his butthole, and it wasn't funny at all. <laughs> it was really gross, actually. And oh, everybody was man. like, "Dude, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Did, inhale- did, did, did it inhale?" Uh, he didn't get that far. He tried to light it and everybody rushed the stage and stopped him and was like, dude, you're out of <laughs> fucking control, dude. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yes. All yes. right. Hey, no, I, I appreciate that he tried. At least. <laughs> hey, I mean, you know, I, did, a, a I do like that he committed to the bit for sure. Okay. I got, <laughs> uh, I got one more or a couple more, a little bit more. So when not performing at the Moulin Rouge. Le Petoman did private shows in the nude for curious, wealthy gentlemen who wanted to know what was going on under his tuxedo tails. I believe it. Pujol became one of yeah, the original OnlyFans right here, guys. Right. Yeah, more more like Pujo. That's Pujo. Pujo. So Pujol became one of the best paid performers in Paris, if not the world at the time, and his exceptional ability was studied by curious physicians one published a report on Pujol in 1904, fantastically entitled An Extraordinary Case of Rectal Breathing and the Musical Anus. <laughs> wow, dude. Wow. You know, sometimes I think that the world is really going to shit, and I'm like, you know, the things I'm seeing really depress me. What what entertains people, what passes for entertainment. But then, you know, you had to think, like, back in the fucking Moulin Rouge, there were definitely people who walked in, saw that, and they were like, Jesus Christ, the world's going to hell. You know what I mean? It's no different. (laughs) All right. So three years after his first performance at Moulin Rouge, the club's owner sued Pujol for breach of contract for giving an impromptu performance at a nearby gingerbread stall. (laughs) That's an inappropriate venue for that, man. Yeah. That's you can't do that at the gingerbread stall, man. That kids <laughs> what hanging the out there and shit. Gingerbread stall. That's you it's tell a place me, man. Where buy, they buy gingerbread. You buy gingerbread. It's entirely man. inappropriate I mean, to be farting all over the gingerbread. Dude, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> so right. Pujols, he settled the case and opened his own nightclub, but his career, uh, celebrated career was cut short by World War One. Mm. He died in 1945 at the age of 88. And apparently, there was a oh. movie short film uh, in 1979. Starring British comedian Leonard Rostier. That was, uh, it's on him. So he was uh, uh, beloved by nearly everyone, even though it wasn't sophisticated humor. Yeah. The flatulist did not die with him, though. There's a guy, Paul Oldfield, known professionally as Mr. Methane, and has been performing right. as a flatulist since 1991. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, his... F- <laughs> Oh, man. His Facebook fan page features video clips of his 2009 performance on Britain's Got Talent. He didn't win, but he was on Britain's Got Talent. So this dude can, you know, inhale. He can blow out candles with his asshole. And, uh, yeah. (laughs) Essentially, all you got to do is just inhale through the butt. Hmm. Can you do that? No. You can do a lot of things. I don't know if I can do that, though. Yeah, I feel like that's a young man's game. That's like you yeah. got to be like between you know, fifteen and and twenty eight. You can't when be fucking gambling on that still, shit. Uh, young and pliable. Exactly. You, know? you can't <laughs> be gambling on that shit in your thirties and forties. Have all the elasticity in your asshole still. Right. Oh, your asshole is one of the first things to go. You know what I mean? Right. 
pliable. 20 years of IBS and boofing drugs, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't work like it used to. (laughs) Yeah, all that that yogurt up the butt, those yogurt enemas over there. Oh, yeah, yogurt yogurt enemas. It's fucking funny. Yeah, man, history's funny, man. History loved the butthole. People were bored back in the day, and they're like, you know what I could do? I could play with my ass in various things. People do that now. Which weirds me out why people are so weird about ass play today. Like, motherfuckers, we've been playing with the butt since the beginning of time. I would argue that today is the most accepting of ass play. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You could say, like, I love no, to eat true. ass in public. That's very and true. Every, and there'll be a chorus of people who are like, fuck yeah, man. You know? Yo, the running thing right now, especially out here, or that's come up in multiple conversations, is how uh, people would rather eat ass than suck toes. So hmm. they eat ass before they'd eat a random person's ass before they would suck their lover's toes. That's their lover's toes. That is wild. I was yes. going to say a random person's ass over a random person's toes. I could maybe see that because like, I mean, a, a gross toe is is not good, but also a gross asshole is not it's good. So like, arguably it's, way it's worse. worse. Arguably way worse. I arguably. All things being equal, everybody showered and all that. I mean, you know, I'd take either or really. I mean, they're both great. And after getting my toes sucked, I second that. They're both great. They are great. You know? It's all fun. I've, Every I've part of the body suck. is like a new uh, fun thing to explore. You know what I mean? But I think that's weird to be cordoning them off like that. Right. Like, nah, it's all about the ass. I always thought the finger sucking was weird. I've had, I had a girl suck my fingers once and it was like. That's not sanitary. You know, it's like one thing to like, to like do that like, you know, like lightly and just like one mouth motion. But like when you like are suckling on it. <laughs> like, I was like. I was like, just trying to pull my hand away. Like, what is you that? Like here? You're like, are you getting some out of this? Because I ain't. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was wondering. I was like, well, I'm not. This, this is, is for you. This is not doing it for me. I mean, I guess we can continue if you're enjoying it. But <laughs> if you think that I'm aroused, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you are a mistake. <laughs> I hope you're enjoying this because I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all right. I didn't know that, you know, that floated your boat. And that is why communication is key in sex. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yes. It's all ta- like communication is one of the yes. most taboo things in sex, but it's just like yeah. this is why, you know, the queer community, they've been doing it correct. Right. And the BDSM community. Exactly. Well, I mean that, you know, our, that's an offshoot of the queer community really, but Yeah. Uh yeah, both of these communities, they have thorough communication before sexual acts occur, and then thus you can have a better experience. Mm-hmm. Rather than just like, you know, back in the day, it used to be you just try something out. Yeah, and you then just if, fumble through in the dark and just see yeah, if you're like, what hits and what doesn't. Yeah, you're like, all right, well, maybe, <laughs> like, maybe, maybe she's into toe sucking. And then you grab her foot and then she's like, what, what are you doing? And you're like, what oh, shit. Fuck? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just thought you'd like it. I had a friend in high school who was, uh, you know, doing some things with his girlfriend. And then she stuck her finger in his butt and he was like what the fuck he was so mad yeah that's like for a lot of dudes that is like the violation you know like they're just completely not okay with it i had a girlfriend do that to me once and i was just like i'm good you (laughs) You know like look back you're like i'm okay yeah you can take that. pretty much i was like maybe (laughs) maybe not (laughs) like you know no once again no kink shaming whatsoever but i was just like it's not for me it's like but again the communication would have been yeah, rather than just sticking a finger in your partner's you know butt, you know what yeah. I mean? It's right. I also had this coworker that went on a date 
didn't know the guy, like they had met online, <clears throat> went on a date, and they were like making out on her couch, and she and he fucking stuck his finger in her ass. Yep. She was like, "What? <laughs> why would you? Why would why you would, do that? Why would you do that? That's what, what you're going what do you for." Do? He stuck his finger right up in her ass while they were making out. Like they weren't even oh. like naked or nothing. Whoa, whoa! He just like he stuck just... his hand down there and just went for it. See, and she was like, "What the fuck, man?" Bases. <laughs> Yeah. What base, what base like is that? that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that skips a step or two, man. You know? <laughs> you skipped uh, multiple bases, sir. <laughs> the, the I don't understand the baseball cool. metaphor for that one, but I I don't I never understood the baseball metaphors <laughs> at all. No, they make no sense. You know, like when I was a kid, I was taught that, you know, it was like kiss a girl is that was first base. Shit, you haven't even left home plate. Hand job second base. Oral third base sex home run, but then you find out that it's like it's different depending on you know where you were raised or right. more than more often than not what your like older brother told you or your best friend's older brother like what their definition of it was. Yeah, first base was like holding hands or some shit right. like that <laughs> or like talking on the phone. It wasn't even like physical fucking contact. I don't remember. <laughs> or it was like the lightest. It was like you smooched. See, that's wild like though out. because like. That's like, you haven't even left home plate, man. You haven't even, you know. And then second base was like grabbing a boob or something. <laughs> I know one of the bases was grabbing a boob, so. Undershirt or overshirt, though? Hmm? I think un overshirt hmm? was second base. Third mm. base was undershirt. Wow, damn. Third base. I mean, depending on the shirt, you don't want to stretch the collar out, you know. True. <laughs> that's so considerate, man. Just like, Wait, huh? the, the collar. Oh, yeah. you're going through the top. Why don't <laughs> yeah, you go through the top, you fucking weirdo? I'm like, you can't even get a good grip. You're just like standing place. over her and just <laughs> like what? What the hell are you doing? Yeah, that's the, the over the shoulder when you have your arm over and just like, oh, yeah. I see, I see. Yeah. Bell, that works. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, so, like, oh, if man. second base was grabbing the boob, then, like, what is a home run? It's just, like, how does it go from Yeah, that's boob, what I'm saying. That's such sex. a <laughs> slow yeah. escalation, man. Like, well, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Kids. Say the darndest thing. Kids don't understand anything. Remember when dry humping was a thing and you would do it? Oh, yeah. Dude, I have, I have scars, literally, still. <laughs> from your jeans <laughs> oh my god anyway. I was 15 years old mm -hmm. that's all I can say it's prime time for dry humping man yep yep denim and, and yeah I mean the athleisure wear it makes a lot more sense these days yeah right but you know denim rivets <laughs> denim thing. I didn't even know them hey <laughs> oh, I'm sorry I don't know shut the fuck up I know I know <laughs> I'm shit. <laughs> oh shit. Oh well, fellas, I think we covered it, man. We got Barbenheimer. Dry humping. We got Roland the Fartist. Roland Emmerich. Roland Emmerich. We got uh, uh Infinity Pool. Yep. You'll you'll become part of the cornbread mafia. Cornbread mafia. Call it cornbread mafia. That's the, the dopest fucking mafia. name. Yeah, it's a pretty oh. sick fucking name, dude. Like we're gonna call it Flatulists and the Cornbread Mafia. Yes, there you go. Bam. There we go. That's a solid band name too. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> that <laughs> is a good band name. All right, well, I'm gonna cut the recording off, gentlemen. It was good. Uh, it was good kicking it. We don't have to leave quite yet. 
Yeah, well, I'm just glad we got all this shit figured out, man. The high priest of Israel would go out in the morning mist to find manna from heaven. Those of you who have had the opportunity to study carefully will know that the word manna from heaven actually means mushrooms. The manna from heaven was actually a mushroom. Sosilabin, the magic mushroom. And there's many books have been written about the subject of the magic mushroom in the Middle East, and I think we all Strain, I love, 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 I love,